Boom, and we're live on the air, episode number 98 of the Ponytails Podcast, baby. If this is your first time listening, if you haven't heard before, my name is Andres Gamboa, and this is the podcast that interviews people that sold door-to-door books, like educational books for families to help with homework for 80 hours a week during their summer internship program. So my guest today is Seth Hood. We're going to get into him just a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit to Seth about his experience and what he's up to now. Uh, But before we do so, I just want to do some announcements, and then we'll bring the man, the myth, the legend, uh, Mr. Seth Hood. Um, again, if this is your first episode, welcome, welcome. Uh, where you been? But we're glad you're here. Uh, make sure you guys hit the subscribe button. Make sure you guys hit the like button. We're on Instagram. We're on all the social media platforms. And of course, if you want to catch more of our episodes, uh, the recorded ones are up on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Casts. You can pretty much find them anywhere, Facebook um, for sure. So make sure you find us there. Uh, big announcements, of course, especially if you're an alumni of the program, we are doing our Bizzler trip. And so we are excited because actually this has to do with our guest today because Seth owns Elevate Wellness. And so um, Elevate Wellness is uh, a way for you to get in touch and elevate your life to become the best version of yourself, both physically, mentally, and emotionally. So Seth and his crew, uh, Zane Gallagher, Joe Ignis, and a couple other guys, we'll hear all about them uh, throughout the episode. But they created a company where you can get into the best shape of your life, regardless of the level of, of uh, experience that you have at the gym and with nutrition. So this isn't just a go do a bunch of sit-ups program, uh, go do a bunch of bench presses program. Uh, they take you through from wherever you are right now. They talk to you about your goals and really help hold you accountable, both emotionally, mentally, and physically uh, in a way that fixes your schedule. Uh, we've been working with these guys a lot because we're preparing for a Bizzler trip which is what I wanted to talk to you guys about. So they have different programs. The ones that we're doing um, are there to help us get into the best shape in our lives in like a much healthier way. And I got to tell you guys, at the beginning of uh, of our program with Seth, uh, when I was talking to him, I wasn't feeling my best. Um, I knew that I'd been in better shape. Uh, but physically, I, I was starting to feel a little odd uh, with a bunch of different things in my in my, in my my physical being. And, and it really started changing a ton. Uh, for the better when I started talking to Seth and I started watching what I was eating and trying to get back into my uh, physical activity again. So uh, for me, it's been a huge, huge help. And of course, uh, for the rest of the team, as we get ready for Bizzler, if you haven't heard, Bizzler is the alumni trip that we're throwing August 15th through the 19th. So write that down, August 15th through the 19th. Uh, we're going to Cancun, Ooh, Riviera Maya, a five-star resort. So it's not like the Sizzler uh, resorts. We're actually doing a big, uh, nice, nice, nicer looking, a little bit classier. But of course, we're doing all the classics. There's going to be excursions. It's going to be a networking event. So you can come represent your company and talk to other alumni of what you're up to now and what's what you're kind of uh, looking for. Maybe there's some information that could be exchanged. It could be a trip that changes the course of your business. So make sure you guys get signed up. It's $1,500 per person. Spouses are welcome, even if they didn't sell books. Um, and of course, the deadline to register for Bizzler is May 1st. Uh, there's going to be information at the bottom in the description of the page. Uh, so you guys can uh, get signed up for Bizzler. And if you do get signed up for Bizzler, make sure you guys reach out to Elevate Wellness to get, get in the best shape of your life. So that way, when you show up, you're like, wow, look at me. I'm looking good. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling like the best version of myself. And so that's huge on that. Also, we are brought to you uh, by Will Metcher. Now, Will Metcher is working with Southwestern Consulting, but he's currently looking for people to help him out. So Will is so good at what he does. <laughs> they got a ton of referrals. And now he's looking to be able to find other coaches that can help him uh, improve the lives of others by helping them suck less, as he says himself. So uh, we love working with Will. And honestly, 
the the biggest thing that we've again we've we're working with all of these folks we believe in what they're doing and when will started working with us the podcast really started taking off we had been growing pretty steadily but we wanted to really explode and and and, and blow up and even just some of the first few sessions uh that will has been sitting with us and walking through us to help improve uh our audience and our reach have been working extremely well but will works with a bunch of different industries and honestly the biggest the biggest thing that is a benefit for us is the regular the visits that we have with Will. It's not its not like the kind of coaching where he just tells you what to do. Uh, there's a lot of thought process behind it. There's a lot of really good perspective that is involved. And the wealth of experience that Will shares with you um, from his time, both selling books and just in, in the different industries that he's worked in, has really, really benefited us to be able to improve and bring you guys more, uh, more, more of you guys, uh, the show. So to shout out to Will, if you guys want more information on how to reach Will, reach out to us, message us on Instagram, Facebook, uh, comment below, and we will get you in touch with him. So that way you guys can, uh, make sure that, uh, we, uh, we get you connected. So now, uh, on that note, it's time to bring out the man, the myth, the legend. So before I bring him on, I got to introduce him. So Seth hood, uh, five summer book guy, uh, he, was recruited by the one and only uh, Colin Appel. We'll get into that story here shortly. Uh, dude, guy's a stud. One of those people that, that, that had the ideal career, grew every single year he was in the business. He's a very coachable individual. You guys get to, you'll, you'll get that sense from Seth as we uh, as we go forward. Hello, Crystal. I see you. It says, hi, Seth. <laughs> um, but yeah, Seth Hood, so best summer was 10,000 units. So he's a 10,000 unit producer, big stud. Uh, like when you call me big pop, a type of guy, he's, just, he's the funniest dude ever. I love, I love him to death. He used to be my former roommate, man. I, 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 I think that, uh, a long time ago when I started this, I said to myself, whenever I have Seth on the show, it's going to be a blast. And so here we are finally with that. So with that, I'm going to bring him onto the stage, uh, the latest ASL and, uh, one of my good friends. Seth Hood, like I knew you could. How's it going, brother? Yo, good, Andres. How's it going, brother? I'm just taking over the world, you know? Heck yeah, I'm good old Portland, Oregon, huh? That's right. Where, where are you at? We were in the backstage. <laughs> we went live. Yeah. I probably where are you have coming from, Seth? I probably have a different view than most people are used to seeing on here. So I'm actually in Salt Lake City, Utah right now. Murray, more specifically. And what's funny is I think it was Martin Cow had the idea because I actually just bought a, I just started doing the van life a couple months <laughs> ago. And so he's like, man, like it's just right in line with your brand. So why, uh, why don't you do the, the podcast right from your van? So I got the cool little <laughs> setup here. I got my, I got my ring light set up right here. The curtain back there is my van, obviously. Um, and yeah, I got my laptop on a little stand. So it's pretty funny. If you if you We're, check out my Instagram, I give like a behind the scenes of what what you see. Yeah, here. you can see where the dead bodies are hidden. That's so awesome, dude. I, I remember when you, when I saw on Instagram that you bought the van, I was like, holy shit, what's what's this, this is going to be an interesting situation. How's it been yeah, since in, living in the van? How, uh, what's what, what do you recommend? What have you learned? What, what, what can you share with us as wisdom for um, van life? So there, I feel like there's two main ways you can go about it. One way is the way where it's just like full van life, right? Like you're just on the road, like you're either in your van or a coffee shop or wherever traveling, you know? I guess you can say I'm doing like the hybrid version mm. where I'm actually parked outside of um, my homie's house. And so that's Martin Cow, Lucas Biscup, Noah Swanson, Baron Marshall's house. And so a lot of times I will spend a lot of my day here and work here or at coffee shops. And then there's literally a park right down the road. 
So either my <laughs> just myself or my girlfriend and I, Val, will just drive down, we'll crash, wake up, go to the gym. So I would say just figure out which like method makes most sense for you and just be ready for some crazy adventures, you know? Um, I've gotten to take it a few places so far. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just super excited. It just fits my lifestyle so perfectly. So I was like, I, I almost, I only had a, a lease for like two or three months last year with Justin Leonard's. And I was like, by the end of the time, I was like, I feel like I just wasted my money because I was hardly ever there. So I was just ready to to pull the trigger on something like this. If it's the lifestyle for sure, brother, that's hilarious. That's awesome. Well, thanks for tuning in and thanks for joining us today. I'm excited to have you on. Um, normally, we always wind the clocks back before we start get, going into what you're up to now. We go back to who you were before. Um, so let's take us back. So 20, your first summer was 2017, yeah? Or 2016. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, and so 17. let's go back. Walk me back through what happened. Who were you? Because uh, as far as I knew, the last thing I knew was Colin Appel was selling books for another summer. And then that's where my story ends with Southwestern. And then walk us through how you got recruited. Because I always love this story. I've heard it before, but I always enjoy it. And I think it deserves some time on the air. Yeah, so pretty funny. So I'm originally from California. Dan if Danny and HR listen to this, they'd laugh because they're like, oh, we're in California. It's like two hours north of LA. <laughs> um, <laughs> just a funny, funny inside joke. But essentially, I moved from California. I got a scholarship to wrestle at a small private school in Nebraska. And from there, I was there probably about a year. And I was in a fraternity. And it's small fraternity. There's like 30, 35 people. Um, and essentially, I said so we have these things called rush parties. And if you've never been a part of the Greek life, in the US, because I know some of my European friends are listening to this. Essentially, a rush party is like, let's say you're in a fraternity. There's a certain time of the year where you're essentially looking to bring on new people who like essentially vibe with your fraternity, who you guys are, connect with you guys, share the same values. And we have three rush parties at our school. The first one is the first time people officially come and get to meet us. And then essentially we vote on who gets an invite to the second one and same thing to the third one and same thing to like who gets a spot in the fraternity. And this is our third and final rush party. We call it the smoker. We dress really sharp. We go to like a cabin a few miles from campus and we smoke cigars and play poker essentially. And from there, so it's very normal to dress sharp. So I remember I was walking out of the cafeteria or into the cafeteria, one of the two. And my buddy, Austin Bloom, rest in peace, um, unfortunately. But mm. I passed by him. I was in the fraternity already. He was not. He was dressed really sharp. And I was like, yo, what up, Austin? Like, like, why are you dressed so sharp, you know? He's like, yo, what do you mean? Like, the smoker. And I looked at my watch. I was like, bro, that's in like three hours. What do you mean? <laughs> he's like, well, and he's like, well, actually, um, I'm actually going to an internship information meeting. And I was like, really? You wouldn't say I was like, what's funny about that is I've actually applied to like 50 plus internships online by that point. Because if you know anything about me, I was just very like, I, I was very determined to get one. And so I applied to like sales, marketing and business for the most part type internships. Funny enough. <laughs> and so he's like, all right, come follow me. So I go follow. Um... <laughs> follow Austin 
into a room and in this huge open room right in the center i see colin appel i was like yeah. but by this point i knew colin for like a year already like he's one of my the first people i kind of met at Doan. and i was like yo what up colin like what are you doing here he's like what are you doing here <laughs> i was like are you putting on the internship thing and he said the same thing he's like are you coming to learn about the internship I was like, yeah, I told him my situation. I was like, but I have an accounting lab in like 10 minutes, so I can't stay, but I'm interested. So he's like, all right, fill out this little questionnaire, right? Um, funny enough, <laughs> I know maybe some of my family and other people are going to be watching this, but I don't care. So the first time I met Colin, sorry if I'm putting you on blast, Colin, but um, <laughs> the first time I met Colin, um, he actually bought weed off me. <laughs> and so now this is a satirical podcast so this could be a funny story or it could be legit we'll never know yeah, yeah. <laughs> so which is funny so we knew each other for years how we first met and then it was like yo what so i was like all right i filled out this questionnaire went to my accounting lab like the next day was the start of our um <laughs> our spring break so we go through spring break and from there then the next week, like we're back on campus, probably midway through the week. And I hadn't heard back from Colin yet, you know? So I reached back out to him. I was like, Hey, like, like, am I still able to learn about this internship? Like I'm still interested. And so that kind of set up the meeting. And from there, Danny essentially ran all of Danny Gambo ran all of our, the info or like, I'll say the notebook and the interviews and it kind of just made sense to me from the start you know like i'm a very non-traditional person i guess and i was looking for something that allowed me to travel personally grow build a network learn skills it's gonna take to help run my own fitness business one day and it was just like oh man okay check 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 and i kind of just checked all the boxes and I was very nervous, obviously, but I was like, as scary as this makes me, it everything's just telling me this is what I got to do this summer. That's awesome, dude. That's awesome. And I always ask people at this point, like, um, you know, it, it seems that like the people that go sell books are ponies themselves, right? If, if you don't know what pony means, it means like they're people who are just buyers for the right product, right? And, and, it, and that's what we were looking for when we sold books. But do you, was it in your deepest... Let's get deep here for a second. Like in your deepest desires, what was the thing that you think got you the most? And like, for example, for me, it was like the first time that I got to choose to do something hard for myself in my life, right? For you, what was that thing that like just made you go, I don't, even if I don't get the, the you know, business experience, if I don't get the travel, what, like, what was the one thing that you're like, but this, this is the thing that hooked me. Uh, what, what was that for you? It was the personal growth by far. Wow. That says a by lot, this, dude. I, I know you, so I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> by this point so my like sophomore year of college i got introduced to network marketing and i i'm pretty sure some of you guys out there have uh done the essentially the the business that i did which was vima which was essentially we sold healthy i guess you can say like healthy supplements slash energy drinks right and same type of mentality of southwestern right like very growth-minded people like work learning how to run your own business work for yourself 
And that was the first moment I ever got introduced to anything like entrepreneurship related. And that was like the catalyst for honestly, what has led me to this point in my life, like for sure the biggest thing. And so shout out to everyone who, um, (laughs) that I got to work with back in Fresno, California, when it was funny, we used to have house events where like, we'd have all our products set up. We'd, I lived in an apartment, like a shitty ass apartment in Fresno, California. (laughs) And we would invite people to these house events. And it was just so funny because we're talking about like, like success principles, right? Like learning how to like create your own destiny. And sure enough, here I am like 19, 20 year old Seth, like in a shitty ass apartment. (laughs) And like, (laughs) I, that that was the first time I started going out of my comfort zone with a lot of stuff like that. And it was like, obviously very nerve wracking. I was reaching out to people, getting people to like come to events. And so that's whenever the whole like growth mindedness started. That's when I started reading a lot more books, like intentionally listening to podcasts, watching YouTube videos. Um, that's when I started buying programs, which has been, um, I bought a lot of programs in my life since then. So (laughs) a lot. Um, but yeah, that was like the catalyst, but personal growth for sure. For sure. That's cool. Yeah. And I believe that I, knowing you, it's, it makes complete sense, brother. You're, you're just like the, you're the, one of the few people I know that is like consistently chasing that above most things. So that's awesome. Cheers to you, sir. Cheers to you. Oh, mm. So walk me through. So now this is the best. This is one of the funniest parts. We always dig into the first summer because that's the one that, as Bill Zizzy says, hits you like a wet St. Bernard in the face. Uh, walk us through what was like, what was sales like, sales school like for you and, and some, some of your favorite stories from your first summer. Oh, man. So sales school. So we essentially worked with, we sold with the UNL group. And Colin and I were, well, it was Colin, myself, and a girl, Carly. Um, and technically Austin Bloom who came from Doan and Doan graduated a week later. So the whole UNL squad went out and then us four were kind of like the, the ones lagging behind a week later. And so it was just us four driving. We got to sales school and I'd never been to Nashville. I always heard good things. So I was like, Oh, hell yeah. Like I get to, one of the things I was looking for travel is already happening. It's like, hell yeah, let's go. So went to Nashville and I was a college wrestler. I was about to go in my senior wrestling season by that point. Um, I played football for like 10 years. I had done network marketing, right? And so I was already kind of used to like the the grind, you know, where it's just like, it, it's just the hustle. I, underst- I understood by that point, delayed gratification, right? I knew most of the stuff I started to pursue at that point in my life had delayed gratification in it. So I knew that aspect. So most part of me, like almost all of me was already prepared for this mentally wise, at least. And so getting to sales school was kind of like exciting, you know, how, uh, how Colin and Danny always refer to sales school is like, it's like a combination of like a pep rally and finals week. Yeah. <laughs> right because going out you're about to literally knock on like ten thousand plus doors talk to three thousand plus families in like three months and most people have never done this i never did anything like this before and so obviously you're studying your sales talk right i never i didn't do too much sales before that outside of my network marketing little thing 
and essentially like i got there you're studying a crazy amount trying to remember all these answers to objections all your sales talk what am i gonna say what is mrs jones gonna say it's like ah, oh, what is that gonna be like so you're getting nervous but then also it's freaking hype because we're just building that momentum going into the summertime right and so i wouldn't say i was overwhelmed by sales school the hours were very long and there's a lot of like-minded people to me which is what i love i love being around people who think like me and think like even beyond me and which is one of the reasons i think that i've had a lot of success is that principle right there putting yourself around people who have already achieved what you want to achieve in specific areas and so i just saw these people like danny asia right all these people who were kind of past my point of personal development and i was like all right well this shit's gonna be wild and that's okay like i fully trust my mentors in front of me they've already walked the walk they've gone through the path and i'm just going along with it so let's fucking go and yeah it's crazy that's awesome <laughs> let me before we get into your like the actual summer itself i want to i want to dig into something you just said um where did you learn that mentality to to dig into the people that had kind of gone past you developmentally and 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 learn from that because not everybody has that instinct where did that did that come from internally from like your childhood or what lesson did you learn to make sure that you always did that man like what i want to say is like the network marketing but i feel like i had that beforehand you know um hmm. just telling a little bit about my upbringing and maybe this will connect maybe not is so I was essentially raised by a single mom and she worked, she was a nurse in RN at a hospital and then a prison in the state of California. And so she worked a lot of hours, crazy amount of hours. So I was essentially raised by like a lot of different families and they're essentially a lot of my friends and their families kind of raised me. And I just literally bounced around to different friends' houses for like days, weeks, sometimes months at a time. So if you guys were one of those people who hosted me back in the day, I seriously appreciate it. Um, for real, though. You made it. Yeah, for reals. And so in that aspect, I think I was exposed to a lot of different types of people because of that. And then from there, obviously being in wrestling and football for quite a while, just having that coach, right, being on a team, having that person already that's like, yo, this is what you need to do. Um, for most people, it's like, okay, okay, whatever. Like I'll hear it goes in one ear out the other. But I think one thing that's helped me get to this place of being extremely coachable, finding people who are better than me is the aspect that when I started playing football in the fourth grade, I was like for sure the smallest player on the team. And it stayed that way pretty consistently on almost every athletic team for the next, like, 15 years, right? right. There was times where I might have been – there might have been, like, a couple people smaller than me. Like, in football, out of 10 years of playing football, one year I was not the smallest on the team, to give you an idea. <laughs> in in wrestling, my my freshman year of high school, I didn't even, didn't even weigh 100 pounds. Bro, <laughs> you're a tiny Not even a, is, yeah, there's bro. a picture out there somewhere of this, right? 
Oh, uh, there's some pictures. <laughs> People <laughs> say I have a big head in that picture, but I swear it's just the angle of the camera, right? So shut up. <laughs> or you grow into it, baby. Either way. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, before I forget, so because I was so small, right? Like I knew for some reason, maybe it was instinctual, maybe, I don't know. But for some reason, I knew I had to work harder than everyone else. I knew I had to have some slight edge that was going to help even catch me up with everyone else. Mm. Right. Cause when I started, I was definitely, I definitely had um, some catching up to do. And so for some reason, I still don't know really to this day, but from the moment I just, it was extremely coachable. I just like, I can picture so many times where we're in the football huddle, right. Or at wrestling practice coach. And I just have so many things of just like. Whoa, we're cutting out here. Do a test, test, test. If we have technical difficulties, we can get back into one sec, one sec. And we might have lost Seth for a second. Here we go. Try it again. Yo, yo, yo. Yep, we lost Seth for a sec. In the meantime, while he gets logged back, we, we think this might happen. Hello, hello. Maybe I lost you guys. Hello, hello. Seth, can you hear me? Oh, there you are. <laughs> I, can hear, I can hear you now. I had to just watch to go get some Wi-Fi, I think. I don't know. Maybe I'll just stand out here for a little bit. Strong enough Wi-Fi? Yeah, but I knew I should have moved Martin's car so I could take his spot. But here's my van, by the way. Look at that. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's take a pause here. Yeah. Does it have a name yeah. yet? Do you have, did you name it? No, I, I still it just still doesn't have a name. But look, this is the setup. This is where I was at right here. I have my <laughs> ring light right there. And then it is it used to be a police van, a SWAT van in Wyoming. So it says police and <laughs> awesome. dial nine one one. That is it, epic. And it dude. says police on every side of the car. Like right here, it also says police. Um yeah. And I love it. What was the last thing? You, what was the last thing you heard me say though? Um, the last thing, and and the funny thing is with Streamyard is sometimes you're coming in and you'll you'll cut in before uh, to me before you cut into the to the people listening in. So the last thing I heard you talk about was that uh, you were just just even to catch up the slight edge. It was, you were trying to use it to like even catch up to the rest of you, but then the your coaches and, and then then cut off. That's the last thing I heard. Okay, so I have so many memories of myself back in the day where we'd be in like a football huddle or we would be like getting taught cert like certain moves in the wrestling room. And I just have so many memories of myself being like laser focused, like by far most focused on the team. Like I would just be like analyzing every little thing. I'd be visualizing myself hit move, right. Or doing a thing. And <clears throat> all those little tiny details, like the footwork of what they're doing. And from there, it's just like, not to brag, but for one one reason or another, essentially every year on any athletic team, I was always the hardest worker. And that showed from my my first year, I uh, received an award. It's called the Big Heart Award, right? So <laughs> in physical stature, maybe not the, the biggest person, but I got the Big Heart Award. And that kind of carried with me for a long time. Um and I was very blessed that I wrestled on the varsity wrestling team 
for four, all four years. And actually my sophomore through senior year. So my last three years, I actually um, earned the team captain award. Nice. And yeah. And then <clears throat> also going to Fresno city college, we were one of the top wrestling programs in the state, California. And I was very blessed that my last season there, I also received the team captain award. And so, and th there's a lot of state California state champs on our teams, California state placers. So that's one of my most prized accomplishments right there. Dude. But, Wild. So that's yeah. where you learn to always be coachable. That's the coachability aspect of it, which is so important to success uh, in the, in Southwestern when you're going out, for, especially your first summer, really every summer, but, but really throughout. So, okay. Yeah. Walk me through back through, through the, let's go back. Uh, first door, first week, those heebie jeebies. Where were you that first summer? Walk <laughs> us through, through that journey. Okay. So I just got a memory that I haven't thought about in a while, but that's what this podcast does, baby. I'm glad yeah. I'm excited about it. <laughs> so my first day, right. So Grant Greeter legend was my DSL, my first summer, his last summer, his last year um, with Advantage. And I remember my first day, right? I'm in Lebanon. Um, New Hampshire. Uh, no. Fuck, why am I blanking on the, the name of the Massachusetts. state? Massachusetts. No, it's in that Rhode area. Rhode Island. No, bigger Vermont. Well, wealthy, very wealthy along. Why am I blanking on this name? <laughs> Connecticut. Uh, Connecticut. There we go. I was there twice. Um, <laughs> so Lebanon, Lebanon, Connecticut, small town. And I remember it was my first day. I went out to go get my like my solicitor's permit at the police station. I went to check into the school, do all these things that we're supposed to do before we start working at turf, you know? And then after that, I was like, okay, I got all my stuff done. So <laughs> I actually went. I love nature. And so <laughs> I went and I found like a little pond. <laughs> it's like a little trail and I found a little pond and I went out there and I was just kind of like sitting there, I guess kind of like meditating, you know, just like chilling, just observing nature. And then I was like, I don't really know what to do. So I called Grant and I was like, Hey Grant. Um, I checked in, I'm all done with everything. It's like, all right, well, I think that means, you can go to work now. And at that moment, like, you know, when you feel like you have something in your throat, and, like heart was beating, like, uh, okay, here we what go. Did they call? Yeah. Oh, nature sounds really nice right now. And all right. So I got back in my car and I started going and, I remember I started knocking, no idea how to work turf, no idea how to do most things in the job, obviously, first day, right? And I think I got like three customers my first day, I want to say. Nice, dude. And or maybe it was my three customers first week, or I don't even know. But I definitely got a customer, which was a logon <laughs> by itself, which means I sold our websites for like 20 bucks a month. And so <laughs> I remember selling that to the family and I was sitting in there for so long, way longer than I should have. <laughs> and I just remember like thinking like, what the hell did I get myself into? 
And yeah, he was just like, it was just very new experience, obviously, as anyone who sold door to door, right? It's yeah. a very new experience. Um, I think the part that I was most nervous about was like knocking late at night. That got me very nervous. I mean, that kind of stood stood with me all five summers sometimes. But yeah, you just I I had the delayed gratification mindset where it's just like, yo, I just know I'm gonna really suck right now. But just like everything I've done in my life, it's gonna keep getting better. I'm gonna keep getting better and you know. Yeah. Everything it gets better when you get better, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, um, what were some of the highs and lows of that summer? I mean, I know I, I, I feel like <clears throat> I guess I mean the reason I'm asking is everybody has that moment where maybe they don't really come close to quitting, really per se. But there is that moment in your in, in your first summer usually where you're like, okay, I have a choice here to make, and it's either to keep going to the next door, or 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 not, or just to kind of give up, maybe quit mentally even. Did you have any of those low moments? And then also, what were some of the higher moments where you're like, wow, this is freaking amazing. I'm on cloud nine. It's working. I'm killing it. Hmm. I can't think of any specific moments, right? Like, I can't think of any, like, dirt pile stories right. where I... Lee McCroskey's dirt pile, yeah. <laughs> where I sat and contemplated life, right? I guess it wasn't as much one huge moment as it was progressively throughout the summertime of just like obviously being challenged, not always wanting to go knock on those doors, right? Not wanting to work 80 plus hours a week. I think I averaged like 83 or 84 hours my first summer. Most of the time not wanting to do that. But thinking back to all my wrestling seasons, all my football seasons, right? There was a lot of times where I did not like every part of my being did not want to take that next step forward. But again, I just developed the mindset of just doing those things. So I was like, well, I know it's just going to get better. I know it's going to be all be worth it. Right. And I'm already seeing growth. So for me, it was like every week, just kind of looking back and just seeing the progress that I was making as a person. Cause again, that was one of my big like boxes that I was looking for in Southwestern was the personal growth, you know, and I was seeing that very, very rapidly, obviously your first summer. And so it was just really cool to see that. And just to have some people around me, my, my first summer, there were three first years in my org who finished. Whoa. And yeah. And I ended up selling one of them was Justin Weeblehouse which is cool because we actually ran an, an org together this summer. And I don't know if any other org in the whole company did this, but both of us actually were 10,000 of producers this summer as the two L's, OLs of our org. Hey, shout out to Justin. Yeah. Love it lots, so, Yeah, what a homie. Um, I was actually his best man at his wedding recently, which is pretty awesome. And yeah, so we finished our first summer together and I finished as like the number one first year in our org, which wasn't too crazy, right? I was like, I, I think <laughs> I finished like number 27 in the company as, as a first year that summer. Um, but the biggest thing I took away was just the, 
I had a lot of experience in my life in the physical aspect, right? Physical belief barriers are broke with wrestling, with football. It's obviously very – one quote in wrestling is wrestling is 90% mental, hmm. right? And that's so true. And that's life, you know? So I had already, like, got to, like, sharpen my sword, quote-unquote, up to that point. And it, it was just getting to do that in a little different way, Right? Like I wrestling was mental too, but it was just a little different mentally. It wasn't a physical challenge. It was all mental. There's spiritual aspects of it, right? Learning how to be present, learning how to have faith in my actions and what that might lead to and just who I'm be, who I'm being in every moment. But <clears throat> yeah, it's just wild experience, you know? Yeah. Did you know you wanted to come back right away or were you like one and done? That was good for me because everybody has different opinions at the end of the first one. Yeah. I remember. Can you hear me pretty well? By yeah. The way? I can hear the cars in the background, but hey, it is what it is, man. We're flexible. Cool. We're, it's a podcast cool. for book people. <laughs> like, yeah. It is what it this, is. Li- this is like God lighting, by the way. So yeah. Like, you look I good. Like, I was like, damn, you, you look you look edible, baby. That's, you look good. You look like you're good for the health. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> um. Sorry, what was the question? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was just asking. Everybody has a different vibe at the end when they go back to check oh, out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, and so I, yeah. rem- I remember one of the first years who finished that summer, Paul Stevens. Uh, shout out, Paul. I think he's in. he lives in Vegas still. And funny dude. Hilarious dude. Love Paul. <laughs> and it was him and I on the way to a Sunday meeting once. And... We were driving to the Sunday meeting, and he asked me. It was probably midway through the summertime. He's like, yo, like, do you plan on coming back at all? If you know Paul, he has, like, that accent kind of. Hey, Seth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he asked, hey, Seth, do you, like, plan on coming back at all? And I remember I said, I was like, honestly, I don't really know at this point. I've experienced a lot of growth, and obviously it's super challenging. So I feel like I can't really like make an honest decision right now, but it's kind of like when that guy at sales school, I don't even remember who the speaker was, but he was talking about this finish line feeling and the feeling he got after his first summer, right? He was talking about the challenges and the feeling he finally came across like right when he finished the summer and driving down Atrium Way back to the company. And that stood out to me. And I knew how it was with all the things I've done in my life. So I was like, honestly, it's hard for me to really make a decision right now. So I'm just going to wait until I get closer to that point. Hmm. And as we got closer and closer to the point, you know, is like, man, uh, I don't want to do this again. <laughs> but but on the other side, everything was telling me I needed to do it again. Yeah. Right. Just the person I'd become, the skills I had developed, being able to talk to 3,000 families from various socioeconomic backgrounds, face to face, right? Selling them something is the skills you learn from that is, is insane. It's incredible. And. I, and the friendships I made, the travel I was able to do, all the again, all the things I was able – that I wanted to receive out of this, I received. And it was like, man, like I just don't feel like I've gotten everything I needed out of this quite yet. Mm. 
And so at that point, I had a meeting with Grant at Grant and Danny at check-in back in Nashville. I was like, all right, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll come back for more. Yeah. But That's yeah, it was, I, I'm so glad I made that decision, honestly. Yeah, me too, dude. Me too. Because then I got to meet you. Um, that's epic. So, okay. So let's, let's, let's uh, move into your, into your few next summers. Cause I also want to talk to you about your, your competition that you just won last year. And I watched you prepare for that. And, I wanna, and that's a cool thing to talk about. And then, of course, elevate wellness, which is what you're up to now, but, um, more a general question of, of your growth. I, not everybody does the, what you did, which is grow every summer. Right. And so tell us, give us some like inside knowledge or some like, uh, you know, for someone who maybe is still selling books right now that's listening, or maybe they're in a different industry, but they want to like grow every summer, quote unquote summer, you know, grow every year in their career. What were some things, some of the parts of the mentality that allowed you to do that, to end up from that kid that, you know, didn't know what he was doing day one to 10,000 unit producer um, at the end of your fifth summer? What, what was that growth like? What was your mentality uh, and what worked for you? Yeah. So I think there's a few things. And this obviously isn't just with Southwestern. This is like every pursuit that you go after in life, right? Um, I'm going to say something. And a lot of you guys are like, bro, I've heard you say this like 50 million times. But the best of the best in anything, just master the basics, you know? And I really do believe that the process that I've gone through, because I've tried to like break this down to my, my mind of why I've had a lot of success in a lot of things I've done. And I've tried to like package it up into like a step-by-step thing. And one of the, fir- the first thing is just like, like no, like the what, right? Like knowing what you want, your goals, right? Like if I'm first off, it's like knowing what you want is eventually going to put you into like a specific vehicle, right? Whether it's Southwestern or a sport or a different career or whatever it might be like the initial, what is going to determine w- like what path you go on. And once you're in those certain vehicles, right, like Southwestern, it's like, okay, now what are my goals specifically with this? Then it's finding your why. Like, why do I want to achieve that thing I, I want to set out to achieve? What are my emotional purposes? When it gets really tough, when those challenges come that always come, what's going to really push me past and just keep me keep me moving forward, right? So the what, the why the who. So once I know what it is I want, why I want that, it's like, okay, who has achieved what I want to achieve already? Right? Because success leaves clues. Success leaves clues. So from there, it's like, I would always reach out to people. I would always find people who've done exactly what I want to do. I would study them and I would model after their actions, their behaviors, their habits. Right. Because hmm. someone who's done a big, like huge accomplishment, they're just a, they're just a person. And yeah. they probably started they started somewhere as well. They didn't start at the top of the, the hill. Right. And so finding people who have done exactly what you want to do, <clears throat> like I'll say with my physique competition, I was very blessed that I competed in my first ever physique competition back in May. It's like a it's like a bodybuilding competition if you don't know what it is and again i hired a coach right 
who had already won several physique competitions. And from that moment, he gave me a step-by-step plan. I didn't have to think about, oh, is this the right thing to do? Is this the right thing to do? Because I was willing to pay for a shortcut. Hmm. Like, sure, I could have eventually probably figured out how to win a physique competition and learn from trial and error. But I've learned from a young age that I can pay someone else or learn from someone else to learn from their mistakes. Right. Like right. everyone learns from mistakes. It's just your choice, whether you're learning from your own mistakes, beating your head against the wall, or you're learning from other people's mistakes. Right. And so that's the third part is who, right? And the fourth is just like, you just got to, fucking put your head down and just go to work and the why is attached to the action right like you got to know why this specific action this specific day why this sacrifice you're going to make right now is going to lead to better results later if you don't know why this individual small action today is going to lead to the goal you want then you're probably going to take a lot of shortcuts Right. There's a, a, a something on something that you just said, and I can put and I can add personal experience, not for me, but for you. Because so I remember we were sitting in my kitchen one time when you're taught when you were getting you remember this when you were getting ready for the physique comp- competition, and this yeah. is this is just an example, an outside unbiased example. I'm gonna brag about you for a second, where we were sitting down and there was two aspects of the physique competition where I guess uh, multiple, but like the two main ones that we were like talking about that day were what you were eating. So your diet, right? Like what you were putting in your mouth so that the result every day, every single day, so that the results by the time that you hit competition, that your body was looking like I was supposed to. And then there was the other aspect, which was a little bit more uh, inexperienced uh, from you, which was like the actual, like, you know, you have to pose, you have to like come out and like specifically hit like a certain, like, I remember that you were practicing like how you have to like pose for the thing. And I remember you were saying like, ah, that like, I'm kind of nervous. And we were trying like, we were sitting in my living room trying to figure out like what steps, you know, it was just one day, but I, this is, I learned this from you that day, which we sat down and I'm like, dude, how much of this is the actual posing and how much of this is how you look. And you're like, I think it's like 80% how you like, how you look. And then the, the rest of it is the posing like the other 20% or whatever. And I'm like, well, let's look at it this way how many of your meals because you like had planned out to the day to the calorie like how many meals you had to eat and you would i remember you would cut up chicken and you would cut up veggies and like you had them portioned out for like six months right it was like forever I would, for a, i would weigh it out you, i would weigh i watched you meal, yeah. like. i'd be eating my fucking pizza and you're out here like all right my <laughs> chicken like on the same thing that you would cut like you're like a drug dealer measuring weed you were like measuring yeah, chicken like to the ounce bro and I'm like, dude, how many of these have you missed? And you're like, um, I think I overate once because I ate the wrong day. And so I did the math. And over the last like, but this is like a month out, like over the last four and a half months, you had eaten every single meal on the dot, no miss. I think 99.99, we did the math percent of the time. You were over by like 300 calories total over four and a half months. I'm like, dude, if you're telling me that the majority of this competition is how you eat, then even if you have no experience and everybody else, is like not eating as good, but they have the experience of the posing, you're going to kick their ass because you have hit this goal. Like this, they, I guarantee you nobody else is hitting 99% of the meals. Like that's something that's so unique to you that you have that willpower to do that. So even if you hit the 
even if in the posing you only get like a 75% like average, right? Like a C, but you hit a hundred percent of the meals or 99.9% of the meals. I, I think you're going to win. Remember that conversation? And mm -hmm. you taught me that I was like, Holy cow. Like the discipline and the consistency is going to win over the experience. However, you still have to bring it a little bit in the, in the, in the, you know, right? you couldn't just like show up and be like, here I am. <laughs> like, right. But even if you don't necessarily hit the right pose exactly, the fact that you ate perfectly pretty much for five, six months or whatever, however long it was. And then what happened? You freaking won. First one, first out. And you like, you won in multiple categories. Is that correct? Is that like, that was, yeah, I, I competed and won all five categories. <laughs> Damn, dude. That right there is a lesson for anybody doing anything that it a lot so much of it when people it's so cliche to like say hard work beats talent when talent doesn't want to work hard but no that like that's it that is it right there you did it that is a living proof right there that you did that and i was so proud of you and good for you seth good for you that's all i wanted to say Thanks, you did great yeah <laughs> Appreciate you, <laughs> yeah. That's right. Cheers to you, sir. And that's the day we uh, that's the day we were playing Farkle, bro. That, that was one. fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a good time. That was like, anyways, before you go into that, that was like 100% odds for what we were just talking about to like 0% odds for, for that game of Fargo. <laughs> yeah, we can walk, we could talk a little bit about that at the end. That was nuts yeah, that yeah, day. That was the craziest yeah, statistically, and then. Like, and then and then I got a call from uh, Naomi and Kimmy because I was trying to figure out how am I going to get to Utah tomorrow, right? Oh, or maybe yeah. wait, this was this was actually this was a different day. This is a different day. Yeah. But it's like how am I figuring out how to get to Utah tomorrow? Or it's like ah uh, maybe I can fly there, pulled up flights, get a call a FaceTime from Naomi. She's like, hey, what are you doing? We're driving through Nebraska. It's like, oh what? No way. When are you? Where are you going? Do? We're when, going to yeah, Utah. Utah, what? When are you coming? Tonight. What? <laughs> <laughs> the universe just works in insane ways. Um, yeah, but the more you the more you understand it, the less like insane it actually is, because that's just how things work. But besides the point, we can continue on. Yeah, sorry. So anyway, so back to the whole how did you do it so you could hit the 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 big numbers? Walk us through them. Like what happened? What was your mentality? Because we heard about your mentality going into your first door. Holy shit, right? What is your mentality going into a summer where you produce 10,000 units and how do you execute? What, 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 what did that, you know, summer look like? How is it like the difference? Give me the stark differences of, of like both physically, mentally, emotionally. What was it like? Cause I never did that. I want to learn. I'm so, writing this down. One of the things is obviously the compound effect, right? Like you're going to get better over time. If you're consistently putting the work, you're showing up, right. You're putting yourself around the right people. So that's one aspect is like, I was just going to get better over time because I was doing the right things over a long period of time. Right. I was putting in the work. I was after my first summer recruiting, I was always like infoing or notebooking like two to five people every week by myself. Right. I didn't have anyone else doing it for me. I was personally inviting friends to learn about Southwestern. I was personally putting them through like the info through the interview process, the entire thing. And I had no fucking idea what I was doing. Right. Yeah. So that's one aspect. Right. I was always recruiting. I was always like doing things. I was still wrestling. Right. I was every year I was doing something challenging. Right. Going into my fourth summer, I ran my first marathon. Fucking sucked. Danny talked me into it, which I'm I'm glad I did. <laughs> I remember that. Right? too. He talked me into it like a few days before Christmas. 
two years ago when I was when we were in Europe. We were in southern Spain, and he talked me into running a marathon. And the main point he sold me on was a good point was that doing something challenging pushing yourself right now. So by the time you get to the summertime, you're already used to challenging yourself, right? I hated it at the time, but I'm really glad he did, he pushed me to do that. And then going to my fifth summer, this last summer was my physique competition. And I essentially set it up so my physique competition was going to be like right before the summertime. Right? So I got in the habit of being on a schedule, doing things I didn't necessarily want to do to have better results. I got myself in the habit of delaying gratification. I got myself in the habit of working my ass off. Hmm. Right. And I did that right before the summertime. And I want to continue this like year. There's like a, a specific word for it. Mitch Johnson just told me the other day. I've also heard Steve Weatherford talk about it where it's a thing you do at least once or twice a year. That's very challenging. That just brings a new part of you out, hmm. gets you to another level. And so I think that's so important to do something like that every single year because you're constantly pushing yourself, challenging yourself. It's a whole cliche like, right, if you're not growing, you're dying. Hmm. And it's mm -hmm. so true. And another aspect is, like I said, I paid for so many fucking programs. Like, you know, some people call me a buyer or a pony. And I like to call myself an investor. Right. Because yep. last, last year by itself was the first year I started my first business. My business last year was called Relentless Fitness. Right. And I literally, I literally spent 15 grand at least on coaches. That was a combination of Southwestern Consulting. Shout out, shout out DBA. Hey. That was um, fit two brothers. They're fitness business coaches. They taught me how to build my own online fitness coaching business. Chris and Eric Martinez. And I found them on social media. And then my physique competition coach, right? I spent over $15,000 out of my own personal pocket to, again, take that shortcut. And so you don't have to necessarily spend $15,000 to learn that mentality but or to learn those things but it's the overall mentality to have right every single day i don't remember the last time i have not listened to a podcast or an audiobook about something that i was specifically working on in that moment mm. huge right <clears throat> and so right now i'm really trying to listen to a lot of podcasts and read books about essentially relationships is one finances is another and Essentially, like another focus of mine is social media right now. So like video, I would categorize that as videography slash video editing. And so those are my three main focuses right now. And so everything I'm doing in life, all my daily actions, my habits, right, are based around those few things that I'm focusing on right now. And I'm always educating myself. Always, always, always. And... Genius. It's just, yeah, it, it's just learning how to tap into like who you are, right? Like my, uh, my fourth summer, two summers ago, I followed Martin Cow, which is funny because he's right inside here phoning right now. And shout out Martin I, and Lucas. <laughs> yeah. 
So I, f- I flew out to Wisconsin to follow Martine and the, the biggest takeaway I took from that, which he learned from consulting was the concept of IDP. And that's identify, duplicate, and perfect. So identify is think back to those times when you're just in that flow state, right? When you're just on point, whether it was with athletics, recruiting, selling, relationships, whatever it might be, like what character traits were you embodying in those moments, right? Like who are you being in that moment? And what I did is I wrote down a shit ton of character traits after following Martine. I couldn't even think of that many. So I had to like Google character traits, literally. (laughs) And so I write down like 50 character traits. And then I take the concept, the Pareto principle or the 80-20 rule. And I think what two or three character traits that if I focus on right now will give me the biggest results. And for me, those three were authenticity, diligence, and lightheartedness. And I got better and better over the years, right? You're saying, how did I hit 10,000 units this summer? How is that mentality different from my first summer? Mm-hmm. So I first started doing that concept my fourth summer of the IDP. And then I just continued to work on that where I took those few, those few character traits and I did not, I tried at least at first to not base my success in any specific day on units or results. And rather I would put my, my success, how I base success on how well did I do those three things today? Mm. How, mm. how authentic mm. did I show up today? How much of myself was I around families and just to myself? How diligent was I? How much of a professional was I today? How organized, planned out, detailed was I? And how lighthearted was I? How, how like, like, sure, maybe I didn't sell a ton or maybe I did, but like, how much fun did I have today? You know, how much, t- how many times did I just not take myself seriously and just be a goof, you know? Ooh, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, and dude. I learned that concept my fourth summer, but you just get better and better, right? What I tell people, it's like <clears throat> having the magnif, like, let's say you're looking at a sidewalk and it's a, su- a sunny day, not like it is out here in Salt Lake, but sunny day, right? You have the cement. And it's just kind of warm, right? And then let's say you put a magnifying glass on the ground. That that cement right there is probably going to be a little warmer. Mm. And what I like to say is putting that magnifying glass right there is like having goals or focuses. But let's take a step back. And what happens if you pull that magnifying glass, pull that magnifying glass back, what happens is it, it focuses the energy of the sun, focuses it down to a specific point, and you can literally fucking start firing. Yeah. Because it's focused energy. And one of the one of the quotes I love is where focus goes, energy flows. Ooh, write that down if you're listening. Write that down. Repeat that. Repeat that and, for the people in the back. <laughs> where focus goes energy flows yeah right 
And what I mean by this is all of a sudden I went from, oh, I need to sell all these units. I need to do this and this and this and this and this to I today. I don't care what happens. I just got to focus on being myself, being diligent and having fun. Mm. And that's fucking mm. it. That was it. You know, people listen to that and they go, there's no way. But how did you like, what did you say at the door? And it's like, that doesn't fucking matter. I mean, it just what you've been told to say at the door. Mm. What, you, what you haven't figured out is a mentality. Uh, your episode number 98, I would say there's a solid 60 people, if not more, especially the ones that were top producers that we've had on the show, which again, units don't matter really. And as we will talk about now that you've left, but like, but the people that were top producers, they had some sort of theme, if not direct quote to like, dude, don't take yourself so fucking seriously. Take what you do seriously, mm -hmm. but don't take yourself seriously. And I think that's the biggest thing that I love about the show is I get like reminded of those things for people who are quality, quality humans. And it's like a good way to remind myself. It's like, oh, dude, don't, it's cool. Like, it's okay. It's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. So this is wisdom right here for the ages, brother. This is Absolutely. wisdom. <clears throat> IDP. I love that. <laughs> I love that. And I, there's still so there's still other things to talk about too <clears throat> so right you're now you've narrowed your focus down you know what you want why you want it who's done that before and now you're taking action now you're focusing your energy on just a few things that which takes pressure off yourself right you're not focused on your results you're focused on how am i showing up every day how the how's the work i'm putting in every day right so that helps you be more consistent as a person and you mentioned it doesn't necessarily like what you say is not the biggest thing, but it still has an effect for sure. Right. Right. Skill is definitely an aspect of doing well in anything you do. The mentality has to be there. And I think that's the foundation. But the skill, if your mentality or your skill isn't there, if one of those two are lacking, like you're not going to reach the, the peak, right? The peak, quote unquote, whatever that means. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm, I'm peeking. Up. <laughs> um, That's going to be a soundbite for some sort of promo we do later. Yeah, I'm bro. peeking. I did have some mushroom coffee before this, by the way. <laughs> Not the mushroom coffee you might be thinking of, but, um, but essentially. Yeah. <laughs> oh, golly. Skills. Skills. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was gonna say, what was I talking about again? I also want to talk about your mystic Connecticut summer, but we'll get to that as well. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Oh, Seth Hood. Seth Hood. Okay. So, I, I PC'd with Emil for like an hour and a half at GRS, two GRSs ago. And the biggest takeaway I took from him is anything I can do to build my confidence, I should do. Anything I should I can do to build confidence, I should do. <clears throat> Yo, my laptop's at twelve percent, by the way. Oh boy. <laughs> we could if you if you need to go find a charger while I do some ads, go do that. I was saying I was thinking about that too. I have my charger in my van, but it's not working right now because there's no sun. So my solar isn't <laughs> the technically solar still works through it, but it's just not as efficient. But yes, I, yeah. I understand what you're saying. <laughs> but it, it's not really working right now. Maybe uh, if Val's listening, if Val's listening, she can run a charger out to you or something. Yeah. Or well, it... she 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 actually just left to Washington today because she, oh. yeah, she just um, qualified for the free free ride world tour, actually, 
And so she's going to be, she has three opportunities to make it. Um, she has three finals that she can compete in to make the free ride, ride world tour. So she just dr started driving down to Washington today. So she's not here. That's um, awesome. Well, okay. So go find a charger. And in the meantime, I'm going to talk a little bit about our partners, our other partners. Okay. And then, yeah. And then is there a place to plug in there or do you need to move to like the back porch? I might need to move. So we're going to have a lot of different uh, views That's here. Good. Which is I'm going to mute you in the meantime while I talk about who else is working with us. This is a good intermission here too. Um, the, 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 the episode is brought to you a little bit by, uh, in part by Southwestern Real Estate. So now if you guys are listening in before you tune out, because some people like to do that, um, make sure you help us out. We are looking to work with, uh, you know, we work with sister companies and companies that are not sister companies of, of the Southwestern company, a family of companies. Uh, but one of our biggest fans is uh, Pat Roach over at Southwestern Real Estate. And we love, love working with Pat. Uh, Nick and Nick and I were talking the other day about how um, he was one of the, our first uh, supporters uh, of the show. And he reached out to us going, guys, I'm a big fan. How do I support? And so um, I love putting this down there. If you know anything about uh, the personality of Pat, you know that he poured it into the culture of Southwestern real estate. And really, uh, we've had now, I think, nine, I think I want to say nine or 10 guests now that have come or are currently working with Southwestern real estate. And all of them are telling us the same thing. This is a career opportunity. Um, so if you're looking for something to do, switch gears, maybe go into something else from whatever you're doing right now. Maybe you're not happy at work. Maybe you're not don't have the time to uh, be flexible, uh, give priority to what needs to be given priority. Maybe it's your family, your kids, uh, your spouse. Uh, this is a good place to go hop into. And so the barrier to entry is pretty low. Uh, going into real estate, it's kind of it's kind of uh, it, it it's an open market, but it's not easy to get into. And Southwestern Real Estate makes it easy for you to do that. I think uh, Pat was telling us that the turnover rate for the average uh real estate agent you know not just at southwest real estate but in the whole industry is 85 percent. that means that most people quit 85 percent of people quit however they are doing such a good job of southwest real estate that it's actually 85 percent of the people who stay there because they have a good mentorship program and they really help you get uh grounded before you're set loose on your own um and and see you know just how well you can do train you and coach you in the right areas kind of like what seth was talking about they have so many people there that have already done it so well that they uh put you behind them and make sure that you learn from the best and so um at this place grant greed was telling us that one of the things that he loved about going from advantage to real estate was that he was able to focus a little bit more on his kids and still give that a priority and give them all of the time that they require and that they need and still have the flexibility to go and still be crushing it uh, at, at selling homes. And so if you're looking, if you love in, or are interested in real estate and you want that, the the better parts of the Southwestern Advantage culture, where it's 99% drama free, reach out to us. We're going to put you in touch with uh, Pat and you get an automatic interview if you sold books. If you didn't sell books, reach out to us. And if your resume fills uh, and looks correct, uh, you are going to get a chance to interview with them. They are in 14 different states and growing, uh, and they're able to open new territory if need be. So it's not limited. So maybe you're like, what if I live in XYZ place? It doesn't matter. Reach out and they can make it work for you. And of course, we're also brought to you by Martina Lucas. Now, it's hilarious because Seth is actually coming live to us from uh, Martina Lucas's house. Um, but uh, yeah, these guys are the DJs to have when you're throwing any sort of event. They worked with me. Uh, I worked with them. They are the people that did my wedding. Boop, boop, boop. I got married and these guys were throwing the party for me. And it was such a fun uh, environment that they placed. They have the variety that you need. Look, I, I was marrying a girl from a small town in Oregon. 
who didn't like country music. So that's all I had known from Nebraska. And I'm like, how the hell am I going to get music that can fit both whatever they like to listen to, her family likes to listen to, and my family, who's all about, about the salsa and mid stuff. And I didn't have to worry about it because I hired Martina Lucas. And these guys just crushed it. They also just recently did the Freddies. They were the first DJs ever to do the Freddies. Up until now, they had been all, all had been uh, live bands. And they... Um, we're able to work with Southwestern to do the Freddies and from all accounts by all videos and all evidence, it sounded like they crushed it. So if you want to ensure that you don't have a crazy, uh, boring party, if you don't want, if you want to ensure that you don't run into the problem of just having a guy hit play on a Spotify playlist or a gal hit play on a Spotify playlist, these guys are the ones to reach out to. They will ensure that your party is off the chain. And more importantly, and this is cool, if you are a book person and you're throwing an event, a wedding, whatever it is, uh, they give you a discounted price out of an already competitive uh, price. I was throwing a wedding on a budget. It still turned out beautiful. And on top of that, I was able to fly these guys out and pay them and still fit well within our budget uh, of our wedding. So uh, my wife is happy when, you know, happy wife, happy life. So for me, I can't recommend these guys enough. I really appreciate Martine. Um, and Lucas for for that. And lastly, we're brought to you by uh, Enlight Energy. Enlight is a solar company started by a bookman, former DSM Julio Hernandez. He's a Colombian. What what? And so, uh, which means he's trustworthy. Trust me. And so, uh, Julio, we love working with Julio. And uh, I started working with them uh, part time uh, last May. Uh, Nick Nick works with them full time, as well as Alex Black, who's been a former guest on our show. The Enlight Energy team is growing, expanding, uh, particularly in Florida, but really they can go nationwide. They just uh, they're they were hiring someone last week uh, from Colorado. But it doesn't really matter what state you live in. If you want to start making some uh, some good money, I cannot tell you uh, a better industry than solar right now, especially because of the way the gas prices are going up. People are going to start looking uh, into going into alternate. Uh, energy and that don't necessarily correlate, but as we know things in the world, uh, it's better to own the power that you that you make, and that's exactly what Enlight Energy does. They help people, you know, take control of where their power comes from, and it's from their home. Seth has a panel on top of his van, which is how he powers his entire life. It sounds like, which is exciting. So the good news with uh, Enlight Energy is they're hiring, and it's a really cool culture to be a part of. Really, uh, 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 a market where you can don't have to sell a ton to make a lot of money. Um, but it's still the same type. It's still the numbers game. It's still like chasing after big numbers. And it's easily one of the biggest ways to legitimately make, you know, a good chunk of change. I think um, some of their some of the reps are clearing two hundred, two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. Um, and they're selling, you know, for the busy seasons of the of the, of the, of the year. So uh, reach out to us if you guys want to hear more about that. I can tell you personally from even my part time involvement with them. It's been a decent uh, financial uh, security for me uh, to have that option. Uh, and, 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 you know, they are flexible with how you start. You can always start part time until you learn all the ins and outs of the business. But it's really not hard. It's basically uh, teaching people how to not get screwed by their electric company. And so that is Enlight Energy. We love uh, we love you guys. As well, and last but not least, I want to bring up as well uh, V Designly. Now, these guys are the ones that are uh, gonna be developing our website. So I know we've been talking about this, we've been hinting about this, we've been promising this uh, for uh, a, a few months now. But as we've been working and trying to give them more feedback on how we want our website exactly to go, it's a little bit complicated. And so we've been able to kind of start, start piecing it together. Now, V Designly has been super patient and working with us to make sure that we are having the website that we want, and that's going to be live. Uh, our merch is also going to be going live there. So if you guys want to buy hats, uh, shirts, I'm wearing a comedy shirt, but 
there's going to be ponytail podcast t-shirts there's going to be ponytail podcast fanny packs for those of you going out this summer to sell books um, you're going to be able to get a fanny pack from there and as well as there's a bunch of different all our episodes are going to all live there you can learn more about our our jockeys our sponsors and what offers there are to you guys if you're looking if you're interested in some of these jobs you can get a hold of them there if you know people that should be guests you can re send guest recommendations there or if you, you're someone who wants to be a guest on the show and you want to request to be on uh you can also go to our website that'll be that should be live by the next uh, by the end of this week uh, according to the timestamps, uh, and assuming everything goes according to plan, uh, there, if there's a couple of hiccups, it might be a little bit longer, but that's what we're looking into right now. And, uh, V designly are the people behind this. So these guys are from Estonia. Uh, it's hilarious. Oscar and Oliver, uh, they're the ones that are, uh, in charge of helping us with our website. But, uh, Oliver lived in Grand Island with my mom when he was selling books in Nebraska. And so we made that connection as we were kind of, uh, putting it together, but, uh, v Designly is the what is the place you want to go for uh, any sort of website. So if you have a business, if you own a business and you're trying to get a really slick looking, sharp looking website, uh, ours is going to be the first one that you can go check out. They have a bunch of other clients, but they are all in Europe. They're trying to break into the market of the United States. And, uh, you know, as we know, there's a ton of book people who own their own business and would definitely benefit from taking advantage of the fact that uh, they're, uh, they, they're willing to work with book people and giving them a solid discount because of the networking that this whole internship provides. And so these guys have been, have been our, our partners throughout. As well as um, the last bit I want to mention here as Seth is returning um, is Historical Park in Bulgaria. Um, oh, actually, I have two things to mention. Uh, well, Historical Park check that out we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll get into that more importantly i do want to get into our ukraine episode that we had last friday so um timely if you guys are listening in obviously if you look on unless you're living under a rock you've heard about what's going on in the ukraine russia uh in, invaded uh, a few weeks back and it's a situation that's very delicate it's a situation that kind of has the world on edge uh but more importantly as the world is paying attention to the big powers that be whether it's our president or Putin or whoever it is, uh, there's a lot of people that are suffering through collateral damage because of the actions uh, that are being taken place. And so what's going on right now is uh, 1.6 million people have fled from Ukraine into Poland. And we have uh, Simon uh, uh, Stanis, who was a former book guy from 2005 to 2009, who created a fundraiser. He already had a, a, a charity, but they are focusing the efforts of the charity on to help with the refugees that are escaping from and fleeing from the Ukraine into Poland. So we had an episode last Friday. It wasn't really an episode. It was like a special edition. Uh, you can go find it on our Apple podcast. It's on our YouTube, Spotify, wherever you want to. It's on our Facebook. Um, the recording is there and it's an hour long. So you can go listen and learn about uh, the history and why things are happening in Russia, the way they're happening, what's, what happened a couple of weeks ago that kind of set it all off. And more importantly, what Simon and his team are doing um, they have already raised, I think, somewhere around 30000 or some odd dollars. And what they're doing is they're focusing it on specifically the women and children that are suffering in uh, the Ukraine, in Poland now, I guess, who have fled from the Ukraine. And so make sure you go listen to that episode. Uh, they're looking for donations. Every dollar counts, even if it's $5, even if it's $100. Just go and find that link. It's on the description there of that episode. And you can go donate um, currently. Like the also, one if you can't give financially, one thing that you can do, especially if you're a book person and you have connections in Europe, uh, they're looking for all sorts of different connections. Just, just to give you an example, a gentleman by the first name of Brent reached out to me on Facebook and I was like, hey, put me in touch with Simon. We did. Uh, it turns out Brent had a car in Italy 
and uh, we were trying to find people through the network of Southwestern to go drive the car, fill it with supplies, and then take it all all the way up to Poland. And that is being uh, done over the last 48 hours. We've been able to like make all the connections that we needed to take that car full of supplies. They need anything for medical equipment, first aid kits. Um, they need the uh, uh, helmets, bulletproof vests. Uh, they also need educational materials, uh, specifically electronics, phone chargers, computer chargers and uh, computers themselves. Um, so we're, we're just throwing out a wide net among everybody in our Southwestern world to see how we can help uh, help Simon and his team. What they need the computers for, and if you guys are wondering like, okay, what's up with that, is what's, what's gonna end up happening is out of those 1.6 million people that have been displaced from the Ukraine into Poland, a lot of them are children because they're stopping the men at the border uh, the Ukraine government says, if you're a man, you can't leave the country, you got to stay so they can fight. But the men, uh, but the women and children are allowed to leave. And so a lot of those 1.6 million are kids and their education, as we know from this internship is vital and it's super important. However, they had to leave behind all of the, all of their books, all of their materials to study with. And so um, Simon's charity was already working with children to help them get into their education. They were working with like 500 to 700 children, but obviously now that with this giant influx and then being so close to the border, um, it was all hands on deck. And so right now they're looking for anything that they can get their hands on to be able to provide education for these children, because it looks like they're going to have to continue their education remotely. And to ensure that they don't fall behind uh, computers, chargers, electronics, all of that would help. So if we have alumni out there who are listening that you can, or that you're, th if you're listening and you know somebody that might lead us to the right person, make sure you reach out to us. We'll put you in contact with Simon so that then they can connect and uh, just get this aid as, uh, provided because the, the situation, obviously, I don't have to tell anybody it's stark. And right now it's it's a uh, it's been what's taking place. I mean, it's so crazy that I haven't heard a bit about COVID for two weeks, which is nuts. And so um, it's real. And these people are, su are suffering at the hands of of what's happening. So there's there's powers that be that are trying to help out in their own way, way at the top. Simon himself said it, we're trying to help from the bottom and where the people that need it most um, can get the most help. So we any 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 connections that you guys have, make sure. Again, um, I will put the link to uh, the the donation and the foundation at the end of this episode as well in the description of this episode as well but if you want more information if you want to hear all about it from his word from his mouth um again go back to the episode that aired last friday it's called ukraine relief um it's right on our apple podcast and spotify make sure you go listen to that and we can get you set up and then um and then okay so on that note uh, the last bit i do want to mention is uh the the historical park in bulgaria these guys are our partners check out this mug Um, this is an investment opportunity. <laughs> so, uh, Radoslav Ivanov, former book guy, uh, got involved with this project. It's a, it's a one billion, b -b 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 billion with a B, uh, dollar project where they're on phase three of it and they're raising tons and tons of millions of dollars to do this. It's crazy. So Bulgaria was, uh, at once, uh, at some point in time and throughout the history of, of the world invaded or owned, occupied by, uh, 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 the Romans, the Greeks, the Ottomans. And so what they did is they took this 180 miles square foot part of Bulgaria and they created uh, different cultures and villages, but it's all based in around a park. And you can go, go find this, go Google this. This is crazy. So essentially it's like uh, Disney World. 
and it's it's a theme park that they have created and as you walk through the park you get to get involved and it's like it's like a renaissance fair on steroids but cool not that they're not cool but you know what i mean and so everything that they created they created castles they reenacted everything everything created in the way that it was created before it's not a facade they actually got stone stone and brick from the same things that they had uh, created and they are putting it out there now for people. So it's a chance to uh, invest into that park and have it. It's like investing in Disney before Disney was cool, right? That's what you get a chance to do right now. So for more information on that, reach out to us. At this point, we're going to bring Seth back. Hopefully he's ready. We'll see. And uh, he has, uh, there we go. Are you ready? Oh, yes, sir. There you Look go. at that. Third <laughs> background. Here we are. <laughs> this is, we're flexible, baby. Can you touch yeah. your toes? Because I can touch my toes. <laughs> look at that look at that <laughs> that's, that's right funny. baby yeah and i'm only flexible because of elevate wellness which right. is a good segue it's a good segue so um so we were talking about uh, success finding success and skills and so how did you use these skills so maybe we could double dip and talk about your skills and elevate well uh, to create elevate wellness and how that story happened how did you decide to go and so let's transition into the end of your last summer and what you learned and to how did you decide it was time to go and how did you decide it was time to start with Elevate Wellness? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thanks so, for coming back. Of course. Just had to throw Missed my you. laptop on the charger, you know? <laughs> Missed you. Um, I don't have the God lighting anymore, so I'm a little upset about that, but that's okay. Maybe I'll go back outside when it's charged more. <laughs> um, <laughs> also, uh, one of my clients, he's a coach for um, the Huskers women's basketball team one of the, the coaches and that's who my meeting was with in uh, 40 minutes but he just texted me a little bit ago that he's busy with the basketball team right now so oh. that just freed up the time where i thought we were going to be done so uh, oh we can go into whatever so if you're listening on this buckle up it's about to get it's about <laughs> to go from good to great <laughs> so okay so the skill right i think you have to with whatever it is you're doing the mentality is the foundation, but you have to have the skill, right? If you don't, if you don't have the skill, it's like it, you can only go so far. And so what I did differently going into my fifth summer compared to other summers in the past was I always heard, it's like, oh, get at least 30 plus cycles in before the summertime, right? Which is like 30 plus times going through your sales talk before the summer. And I was like, okay, whatever, you know, I do a few here and there. And this year I actually did that and I got, yeah, surprise, surprise. Right. And so I listened to, if you guys have not recorded your as like sales talks, like your situate live sales situations during the summertime, or if you're in another sales job, record your sales conversations and then listen to those later. And then I wrote down my whole sales talk for the first time. And essentially I, wrote out all my answers to objections, right? It's like, oh, what happened? What do I say if Mrs. Jones says, ah, I got to think about it. I got to talk to my spouse. Um, we got the internet or whatever it might be. <clears throat> then I knew exactly what I was going to say to those. And during what I did is I knew my biggest focus I had to do or the biggest change was the amount of time I spent with customers. Hmm. So I knew my time that I would spend with customers was way too long. And so knowing that focus, going into doing my cycles, what I did is I would reach out to people who, again, were 10,000 producers or people who sold more than me the previous summer. 
again, going back to that concept of the who, and I would reach out to the man to them and I'd let them know before I did my cycle. It's like, Hey, um, the biggest thing I'm trying to focus on is shorten up my sales talk. So by the end of this, I'm going to ask you what things I can cut out. Hmm. And so I'd ask every single person I talked to, whether they sold more than me or not, what they feel like I can cut out. And I worked on that very intentionally leading up to the summertime. Right. And so that obviously the skill of that is like working on that craft before you get to like game time. Right. And again, going back to the growth mindedness, it's all about the podcasts I listen to, the books I listen, I read. Those were very, some of them were very sales focused or, or communication focused. So it was obviously developing my communi- communication skills, learning about human behavior, learning about psychology, which again, all tie back into your skill of selling. And, and all selling is, right? It's like getting people to make a decision. And likely you want that to be on something that you really believe can change their life, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so there are so many opportunities during previous summers where because my skill was not there, I was not able to give someone something that was probably the best thing for them at that time. And that like really sucked for me to walk away from a family and knowing they really should have bought that. Mm. Like this really would have helped their situation. And the only reason they didn't is because I don't have the skills good enough to move people past that, that buying line. Mm. Right. And so it was just, I paid for a lot of programs, right? I paid for, sales sales programs before my fifth summer teaching me about sales teaching me about like answers to objections so i would take what southwestern taught me right i would take all the things they've taught me and i also like a third third perspective right third party perspective where i'd also listen to other people and what they say about sales and all the people i follow on social media so many of them are like danny g this guy daniel g he uh He's all, he, all his content is around sales and I just consume this shit all the time, all the time. Mm. And so those are things what I mean by like working on your skill of communication, psychology, human behavior, learning how to coach yourself, right? Like if she says this, this is what I say. If she says this, this is what she's really thinking, Mm. right? And then thinking like once I'm out there on the book field, it's like just having my mind right, you know, having my mind, having my head in the ball game, as Matt Atchison would say. And it's like just being very present in the moment, just taking knowledge I'm taking from one family, right? Learning about the school district I'm in, seeing how I can best add value in that area, going work, being proactive with my PR in a school district, getting my picture taken with a police officer, getting them to post it in the town page, boosting a post in the community, taking pictures with all the families. My first goal period, first couple hours in a new school district and getting them to post about me in the community page, right? Be like, hey, this, if you guys see Seth knocking knocking on your door in a white Chevy Equinox and um, put your shotguns away, ha, he's a cool kid. He's just showing some educational resources. You don't have to buy <laughs> no, but, it, but you'll enjoy it. But seriously, yeah. but seriously, <laughs> put them away. <laughs> yeah. And so doing all those little things, it just like, it's just a matter of time, you know, it's like, sometimes it still blows my mind that I sold 10,000 units this summer, if I'm being honest. Um, Really? That's interesting. 
I think it's like looking back. So the work I put in, it makes sense that I did. And I, that aspect, it's like, it's a combination, right? Of that aspect of like looking back at the work I've put in, the person I became up to this point, like I, I do believe it was just a matter of time. And then there's another aspect where it's like, wow, like now that I'm done with Southwestern, it's like, wow, did I really do that? That's fucking crazy. You know, like probably yeah. 1%. Probably like one percent of two hundred thousand people in one hundred sixty years have done this, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean that's so it's it's a combination, um, but it, it was just a matter of time before um, I just had a pop off summer, I guess you can say. Yeah, now I remember because I remember the and, I, and maybe we can get into the summer because I love hearing you talk about the Mystic Connecticut summer. Um, now, was, was that your favorite turf still, or was your ten thousand unit summer? What was your favorite turf? I think it was this last summer. Really? So Mystic was, I mean, Mystic, Connecticut is a very, very wealthy area where it's right on the coast of Connecticut, southern coast. And I remember I was just knocking on multi-million dollar houses, like a lot. Porsches everywhere, Ferraris, Lambos, like is a crazy fucking place. Yeah. Look, I sold on this place called Lord's Point, New London. So, yeah, it's like, it's honestly insane where I was at. Stonington over to the right. I was over in Stonington as well. So this there whole like area, a, right? Yeah, yep, this whole area. But you and showed me pictures of it, and it was like, it was like, wild. just bun- and it's beautiful too, right? Like the... Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's wild. Absolutely. So where were, yep. where were you at this last year? I was in Vermont and New Hampshire. And so I was in Ooh. some mountains and like, oh, it was so beautiful. I loved it. Dude, Vermont was and, my favorite state to sell in for sure too. I sold yeah, in Burlington and Stowe. So zoom in. I was in, um, fuck, I can't even remember the name of it. Were you more north or south? Go uh, in the middle where it says Middlebury. Zoom in on that a little bit on the left. All right here. Yeah. Wait, where, where the heck was I again? <laughs> <laughs> oh wait uh no go to the right go to the right actually go to the right scroll over so this is this, this is this is where i sold right here really montpelier yeah. so that's yeah. where justin we lost all this area shout um, out to justin harford yeah Bennett. lebanon zoom out yeah. a little bit this is where I thought you said you started. And Dustin, uh, not Dustin, uh, hey, was, uh, uh, Brian Wilson, 16,000 units. He sold them yeah. up in this area too. Honestly, my goal this summer was to beat his, to break his record, bro. I was trying to break 16,500. So. That's interesting. That And yeah. that's a lesson in and of itself. Like if you are trying to like, and I think more Utley talked about this is like the people that sold 10,000 units, they weren't trying to hit 10,000 units. They were trying to hit like 16,000 units and then mm-hmm. they missed. Whoa. Exactly. Yeah. And that's a, that's something that Danny, your brother, Danny has actually <clears throat> said that has stuck with me where he's like, honestly, I've only hit like two goals ever in my Southwestern career. And that says something. Cause he's a DSL. He's like cr- absolutely crushing it right now. Just bought their like sixth or seventh house. And mm. it, it's a whole, like you said, the more Utley, when you think big, something, something always happens. <laughs> yeah. And it's like I did. I, I I literally tried to hit like I tried to break the force record this year, and it's very very far away. But good things still happen. But yeah, yeah Vermont. 
10,000 still happened. Mm-hmm. Vermont, though. Yeah, beautiful. Oof. Vermont, New Hampshire, two pretty different states politically. So it was kind of funny. One, yes. <laughs> one, one state, one state, I would be uh, knocking and I'd look across the street in the, in the like windowsill and I'd see like multiple weed plants. <laughs> and the other was like, hell yeah, brother. Fucking Trump. <laughs> So like, which I'm like the least like politics person you'll ever meet. So like that stuff doesn't matter to me, but it was just funny noticing the difference. Cause I did go kind of back and forth. Um, yeah. but that, okay. So to give you guys an idea, I'll transition over to the elevate, how that started, but to give you guys an idea. Okay. So this is when I goal set, I think there's three ways you can go about it. And I didn't realize until a couple years ago that I actually goal set in a way that a lot of very successful people goal set. I didn't know this is just what I did. So you can be, let's say you want a car. You can be very specific, right? Which I think most gurus will tell you, like, be super specific, right? Smart goals. Be as specific as possible. Oh, man, I want a 2022 Ford Mustang that's red with black rims that has this leather that has these these features. And that's great, right? And there's a very general aspect where it's like <clears throat> I I want a I just want a car that's going to make me feel good. Right? It's going to make me feel confident. That's very general. Pretty two polar opposites. And then there's a third category that's rarely talked about that this is the way I've goal set for quite some time and why I think I've achieved, like, I'm very blessed that I've achieved a good amount of stuff. And that's a combination of specific and general. And the specific part is being as specific as you can with how you want to feel after hitting your goals or like the feelings that you want to get, right? Like, man, I just want to feel extremely confident and I just want to be extremely proud of everything I do in life. You know, like after the summertime, I just want to know that, Hey, whether I sell six, whether I break the force record or I don't, I just want to know that by the end of the summer, I just want to know I gave my absolute dead level best. I just want to know, like I just grew more into the person that I want to become you know? And so that's the specific part where you're very specific in terms of like what feelings you want to get out of it and like the intangibles you want to get out of it. And the general part is, hey, if that's breaking the force record, that's going to give me those feelings, then awesome. If that's selling 10,000 units, awesome. If not, if it's something else, going back to the car analogy, if if it's not even a car that's going to give me those feelings, I'm open to the idea of I don't know exactly what the universe or God or whatever you believe in is going to put in front of me that's going to give me those exact feelings. But I know that with an open mind, not being so attached to the specific circumstances, events, and people that come into my life, if I'm not attached to those things, then I'm going to get the – I'm going to attract the the exact things that are going to give me those – feelings and intangibles. Mm. Ooh. So how did you go about that then with 
with other parts of your life like because because it's a summer it's easy to do that when you're thinking about like how do i want to feel at the end how could how could i apply this with like uh relationships or mm -hmm. with or in your case with elevate wellness mm -hmm. i'm gonna talk about my physique competition last year hell yeah and that too <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because i've i've done several like talks with european groups recently so everyone who's listening to it in those groups are like, bro, this, these are the same things you were just talking about. <laughs> but again, it's just a few foundational principles. And so before my physique competition, it was the morning of, I was all spray tanned up, right? Like I had my spray tan on, like I was like looking bronze and I was walking outside and I jumped on Instagram one last time. I was like, yo, I just want to appreciate all you guys for the support. It's been an awesome journey so far. And one thing I just want to let you get like talk to you guys about is, you know, going into this physique competition, the biggest things I was looking for is just being a more consistent person overall, just being more dedicated and really just like learning how to put in the work right now for a better like end destination. Right. And honestly, if, if that means that I also will win the competition today, then, Hey, that's a total cherry on the top. Right. But because what I was really looking to get out of this is the consistency, the discipline, then I have already achieved those things. Ooh. Ooh. I have already won. And if I win the competition on top of that, that's just a bonus. Right? And so that Bro. just takes the... <laughs> This has been fire dropped <laughs> wisdom drops with Seth. <laughs> yeah, this is exactly right, man. And that just Damn. takes pressure. Yeah, it just takes pressure off yourself, you know, because like you're not leaving it up to because I didn't know at all how that show was going to go. I didn't know because the thing is, like, I knew I, how to control myself, but I didn't know how who else is going to show up to the show. I didn't know what like was going to happen during the summertime or I didn't know whatever it might be, you know, but I knew that if I focus on maximizing myself and doing the best I can do, then at the end of the day, it's like one quote I love from the summertime is all, all you can do, all you can do is all you can do. And all you can do is enough. Is there, is there, and that was a quote from, uh, um, Art Williams, he's he created Primerica, or he's the one that started Primerica. Nice. And he's like, there's nothing more than all you can do. Because all you can do is all you can do. Like if you do it, if if, if you do it more than what you can do, then that wasn't all you could do. That True. was, you know, like that's it. And you did all you could True. do, man. I I witnessed it. Yeah, and get this. So <clears throat> for this, so all right. There's a lot of things I want to talk about, but what's funny is I had been, I had been doing my my posing routine every single day for at least like 30 minutes to an hour on top of like two to three hour workouts right and i had been doing a certain posing routine for weeks and weeks and weeks and finally i was in line to go do my posing routine on stage my coach facetimes me he's like hey can you do your routine one more time so i put my phone down i did my routine real quick he's like hey actually that front pose like that first pose you're doing you should just cut that out and i was like in Shit. line 
to do my freaking routine that I had been practicing for weeks. And I was like, all right, again, he's someone who had achieved what I want to achieve already. So I was like, shit, all right, okay, I guess I'll cut that out. And my first time I practiced it was two to five minutes before I went on stage to go in front of the judges. Dude, I didn't know that part. What the fuck? Isn't that insane, bro? So how did you pull that off? How did you work it out? Because this is a lesson on flexibility, right? You've been practicing all this for months on end, but now you have to switch it up and be nimble. How did you, what was that? What was that like? Um, it was just like it, a combination. It was like, dang, I wish you would have told me this before so I could have practiced it. But now that I know it's like, Hey, I fully believe in him. I understand. Like he's done what I want to do. So it's like, all right, let's just buy in and let me practice this a few times literally for a couple minutes until I go on stage. And I was like, all right, let's do it. Whatever happens, happens. I just know I'm going to give my best. And sure enough, I won five fucking swords for <laughs> the physique competition. Um, that's wild, dude. Yeah. That's wild. So, mm-hmm. the, the lessons that, that, that come through your life, I think that, that have helped you be successful seem to be uh, just insane coachability. Insane coachability. Mm-hmm. How do you? This is a question I actually I, the key, I thought about as you were describing your ten thousand unit summer and coaching from others. But I feel like there's also a fine line between coachability and just like almost unquestionable coachability. Like whatever you say, I will do. If you jump, because I I can actually speak to this with how I wrote my book. Uh, which I I it was this kind of same idea where I, they knew what to do and they were like, this is how you publish a book in two months and make it a bestseller on Amazon. And I was like. <laughs> Okay, I want to do that. <laughs> so that's good. But then the question to me comes, how do you not fall into the trap of lacking innovation? Because I feel like there's more than one way, right, to mm-hmm. publish a book and have it do well on Amazon. So what happened if somebody else came up to me and said, hey, this also works? Uh, how do you – or or like for you, maybe you found something that worked that your coach didn't teach you but that you know worked for you. And so how do you discern whether it's this is solid innovation and I can definitely try this and I'm confident this versus seeming like you're not being coachable, right? And this could apply to Southwestern. This could apply mm-hmm. to whatever. What, what, what do you – yeah, how do you keep it balanced? So part of that is the growth-mindedness, right? Like if I'm getting taught sales – like let's say sales skills from Southwestern, let's say, but I'm also listening to Bradley, Daniel G., uh, Gary V, Grant Cardone, Jeremy Miner. I'm also listening to all these people who fucking sold millions and millions and millions of dollars online and in different methods, right? If I'm taking in stuff from all those aspects, then over time, it's just like, I'm going to take certain things from each little aspect that work with me specifically, right? <clears throat> and then sometimes when you do that so much, it allows you to be innovative in a way where it's just like you understand the principles, which is why earlier I was talking about skills partially being like learning human psychology and behavior. Because when you understand human psychology and behavior and you've been listening to all these different sales like skills, then it's like that's sometimes when you can be innovative, innovative when you understand the like foundational level of sales or whatever it might be, right? And so it's just yeah, it's just taking that uh, that growth-minded approach all the time. And I'll be honest, this last 
like going to my fifth summer, I did recruiting differently, <laughs> right? Like I, <laughs> your uh-huh. face. <laughs> like, so my third summer and fourth, going to my third and fourth summers, I full-time recruited and going to my fifth summer. That's I start after my fourth summer was when I started my first business, Relentless Fitness, right after, right after the summer, like in October. So like immediately after I got back. And so I was doing a combination now of working on my fitness business. So I was, another thing is I was actually selling during the school year leading up to the summertime where I was going to be selling. Right. So that's the thing I don't always talk about. Yeah. That's the thing I don't always talk about, but like I was not just getting 55 cycles in of our specific sales stock, but I was actually selling. Interesting. Yeah. How, how did you do that? My business. That's wild. Oh, through your business. That makes sense. Okay. I, I think meant like yeah. books and I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. You're selling, you're selling, you're in the art of selling. Okay. okay. Exactly. I thought you meant you're like, at that through after you got a conversation with Relentless or somebody in Relentless, you're like, also check out these books. <laughs> no, that's funny. So, Sorry. I, I, was, no I got worries. lost in that. Sorry. <laughs> so I was selling like for the first time online now. And obviously a lot of them were friends. So it's like, that definitely helped, but like I was still learning the art of selling. I was going through these programs that were teaching me out answers to objections and everything. And then, yeah, so learning to do that. Um, honestly, I don't remember what the question was. <laughs> uh, no, it, it was just more about like the, uh, the you you started mentioning about what you did differently going into your fifth summer that 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 you applied in and it worked out that you recruited differently. You were talking about how you were recruiting differently. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. That's where we got into this. Yeah. So I didn't do the whole full-time recruiting thing, even though I was like, quote unquote, a full-time recruiter. Mm. Um, and my DSL and I had very, um, interesting slash sometimes heated conversations about this. Oh, and so like you and Danny? But, no, but the, it, that doesn't matter. But the thing is, is <laughs> I, Fair. Fair enough. Conversation for another time. And <laughs> the thing was, was right up. Okay. So you have to take the approach of right off the bat. You are going to be a hundred percent coachable. I'm not going to, I'm just going to fully dive in, follow the system. 100%. I'm not going to question things. I'm just going to like follow the system. Make sure it's a proven system, right? At first, but I'm going to follow the system. And I did that for four years. Hmm. Right. I in-schooled twice. I full-time recruited twice. And by that point I was the number one kid in force my fourth summer selling like just over 7,000 units. And so like things I was doing was definitely working. I hit OFL, which is the first level of employment now. So my base was at like 20,000 units. So like things I was doing was definitely working. And now that I had the foundation built, the skills, the work ethic, right. I learned all those things. Then I try to add my own little twist to it. Ooh, that's key. That's I didn't key. do it right off the yeah. I didn't do it right off the bat. Oh, that's huge. Like, yeah, and so what I did is I was recruiting online a lot. I did ZipRecruiter. I did social media stuff. Stuff I learned from my fitness business coaches. I applied to recruiting in Southwestern on Instagram. Right. I reached two or three kids that ended up on my team last year. Were kids that I reached out back to from the previous summer from the previous year recruiting i created a document that literally says 
people who should have came out but didn't for some reason. <laughs> nice. And I always ask him if I can reapproach them. So called him, got like two or three kids back on my team. And then I recruit online. I did added value posts all the time. And then I would do polls on Instagram. Like, yo, like, are you someone who like appreciates, gr- like, are you someone who prioritizes and values like growth in life? Are you someone who loves to travel? And I do like the, yeah, I love travel. It's like, nah, I like to stay. I like to be in boring places or whatever. I just do like funny things like that. And then those people who would answer the poll of like, yes, I would reach out to those people and I had a script. I still have a script for this. And I can do it with my fitness business. I can do it with Southwestern. And so I was doing, honestly, almost 100% online recruiting this last year. That's brilliant. Mm-hmm. And it, I feel like there's so many bigger steps that I could have taken and I'm learning about right now of like I'm learning online sales right now, which is a whole new ball game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm so excited because this is like I'm such a rookie in online sales, but it's like, man, once I really start to make headway there, it's just like game over, literally. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I'd been spending two to three weeks, by the way, working on something to lead up to this episode that I'm gonna talk about at the end of this. Yeah. To help to help people learn a skill that's going to help them break past their their plateaus they've had with their fitness. Um, but going all the way back, um, s- several things. So like I was saying about that goal setting mentality of like specific, general, and then like specific and general, right? Let's say you're talking about Southwestern. Let's say it's like, I want to hit this goal of 10,000 units or whatever it is. We believe that that goal we set is going to create all of those feelings that I mentioned earlier, right? Whatever it is for you, whether it's like, man, I just want to feel proud. I just want to feel confident in whatever I just did. Like, you know, accomplishment, all that. Exactly. We believe that if we hit that goal, then it's going to give us this feeling. But if you really fundamentally think about it, what does that tell you? That means that let's say you do hit that goal. All of a sudden, your brain tells yourself, oh, I hit this goal. Now you can, I can all of a sudden release these chemicals into your body that make you feel a certain way. What that tells you is those feelings were always available to you. They were yeah. always available to you. You just mm. believed that all of a sudden, oh, now I can grant myself access to feel proud of myself and confident and loving. So I think the key is, if you guys haven't listened to Joe Joe Dispenza, he's incredible. He's like a neuroscientist. He talks about essentially the law of attraction on a scientific level because he's literally a neuroscientist. Hmm. And this is what he talks about a lot of times where I think I really do believe the key with goal setting is whenever you find what you want, what you want, who's done it, um, right. And you start putting in action, think, okay, the goal that I set, what do I think it's going to make me feel? What intangibles do I think it's going to give me? And then do your best to always create that feeling right now. Write that down. Write that down. <laughs> That's because cool, dude. That's the, cool. The, fun, the funny thing is, is if you're always feeling abundance and you're always feeling love and you're always feeling like 
confident, you're like, whether it's intentional or unintentional, you're creating those feelings all the time. Funny enough, but you're probably going to start attracting more things in your life that makes you feel more love, abundance, confidence, gratitude. That's why gratitude is so powerful because the more grateful you are for things, the more things come into your life that make you grateful. Yeah. This is, yeah, this is, mm. I'm glad that you're saying all this on the air. I'm like, this is gold. This episode's going to be so fire. <laughs> We're going to be like, true. It's like, this is, yeah. it's already been fire, bro. This is cool. You know, and on that, on that note, it, it's what I think that the big, to me, the thing that you said just now, I'm sure people, it's funny, people will listen to this and like, and this is what's cool about a podcast is like, I listen as I'm listening to you and this clicked for me that you just said that, but somebody else is going to listen to this and a different part of this is going to click to them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But the answer to that question of how do you balance innovation with coachability, you nailed it. I've never heard someone really answer it like so well. And it was essentially this. Look, before you start being innovative, make sure that you have the fundamentals set in place and the basics set in place masterfully. Not like I kind of got them. I kind of understand. No, but that you have mastered the basics of whatever it is you do. So even take me podcasting, right? Like I have to have some fundamentals set in place, like right, how to stream, questions to ask, how to listen well, right? How to interject and like and, and dig, right? Those are just basic, how to, you know, interviewing skills, mm-hmm. um, whatever. And then once I have those mastered, not kind of, not sort of, but really mastered from people that I learned from the top, then I can start going, okay, what if we do this mm-hmm. and trade it up? And that's the key, right? Because that's how Southwestern has been able to survive mm-hmm. for 150 years, right? If you were recruiting people the same way they used to recruit people back in like 1925, you would recruit nobody. So at some point, somebody had to come along and be like, all right, this is the new way of doing, or this is how we can edge, mm-hmm. you know, into this new phase. Um there's been other people that I heard that would recruit through Instagram. Like, so that's not something necessarily brand new, but I feel like as times have changed, as the new generations of young kids and college kids change where and where they get their information and how they receive, there's going to be a point where surveying is still important or getting the green sheets is still important, but it's going to be the name of the game to own social media well enough Mm -hmm. to, to brand and, and recruit. And so people like you are just kind of pushing the needle forward in the in that direction and and that flexibility that you've added to that to the pro uh, to the program itself is important for them to kind of continue to grow but that's applicable to to anything well mm-hmm. one of the one, one of the common themes that we've had talked about here is like southwestern teaches you a lot of the basics really 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 well but there's some things that like once you leave and maybe you could agree to this as you've like grown with elevate wellness is there's still a lot of t- stuff that i didn't get taught about running a business that i'm like oh like for example um starting an LLC, right? They don't, they don't, that's not in sales school. That's not day four of sales school. They don't, cause you don't have to. And that's, mm-hmm. that's okay. But then once you leave and you start your own business, you're like, oh shit, there's like a whole different aspect of things that I didn't even know that I needed to do. And you start growing in all these other directions for, mm-hmm. for you, it's been online, online marketing or online business, right? Online mm-hmm. sales. And it's a different ball game. Um, when, when I, uh, the point I'm trying to make is like, for example, when I was in solar, solar is a long sale, right? And so is, for example, Elevate Wellness, right? It's not like, a, hey, this is a 20-minute conversation, you know, and sign your check and then I'll see you later, see you at the end of the summer. No, you have to like build a relationship, a longer lasting relationship. So sometimes the demo, right, is four or five days long. Right. Or, 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 you know, different appointments long or, or the close is like multi-stepped 
you can't just close and you can still use the same basic principles right mm -hmm. but it's different so what are some of the things that you've learned on top of the basic skill maybe not basic skills on top of just the skills that you learned with southwestern that elevate wellness or your or your adventure uh your other ventures have taught you um to kind of like pile on top of southwestern skills mm -hmm. absolutely great question and i'll answer this and i do want to go back to how Hell I yeah. find how I finally hit ten thousand units because that is fucking Fuck crazy. Yeah. And then we got to get and... into some funny book stories, some funny follow yeah. stories. Yeah, dude. Yeah, we got we got time. We got time. Baby. Yeah, it's our show. You can do whatever you want. Which is funny because I was gonna have to originally. I was gonna have a meeting in four minutes, so this kind of clicks that he postponed. I kind of knew that was gonna happen for some reason, but good. I'm glad he did. This has been good. <laughs> yeah. So. I, just like you said, some of those online aspects, right? Like starting an LLC. This is my second LLC I started because um, uh, Relentless Fitness, that was my first business all by myself. And I started my LLC. And then this year, it's now I'm working with Zane and Joe. And so now it's like, it's a combination of learning how to tend to, right? Because I'll say last year, if I wanted to do something in my business, I did it. And I didn't have to talk to anyone about it. Like, I was just like, let's spend five, 15 grand on coaching. Uh, all right, let's do it. You know? Yeah. This year, I'm very quickly realizing that my other two counterpart, uh, business counterparts are more analytical, more detail or oriented. And because <laughs> of that, if I, I, I'm the person who's like, whoa, this coaching, this thing, this program, let's fucking do it. You know, like, I'm like, because. <laughs> I'm a combination of a of a um, detective and an entertainer buyer. What I mean by that, right, is if you guys haven't read Navigate 2.0, by the way, you should read it. It helps you learn how to sell to the four main behavior styles, entertainers, detectives, counselors, fighters. So I – from if you just see me first glance buying something, it might seem like I'm only entertainer because sometimes I'm very quick, you know? But behind that is, yeah, behind that is the detective aspect where I do a lot of research beforehand and I may not make a decision on it for a bit, but once I get put into a situation where those things align with all the research I've done up to this point, I'll make a decision to spend five grand in 30 minutes, which is yeah. exactly what happened. And, um, and so essentially... Um, that's one is like learning how to kind of now express to them more logically as well, why this next step makes sense. And we talk about all the time in our business. It's like, I guess I, I'm like the visionary of our business. Cause I have like all these really good big picture ideas. Cause I fucking listen to entrepreneurs, million like entrepreneurs who've built multi 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 million dollar businesses every single day like mm. every day i'm listening to that stuff and so i always have these ideas sometimes i don't create them but sometimes because i listen to all that stuff i'm able to be innovative with our specific business right and so it's 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 also putting the right team together because sometimes with my big ideas i don't know how to like like detail those down and like make it more concrete so I give a, so much praise to Joe and Zane because they're more of the detailed people in our business. 
And that has tremendously helped me because I can just like spit out some of my big ideas and they kind of sometimes help just like figure out how to do that step by step. Right. Gold. And then, so putting the right team around you, it's also, um, so another thing that we were talking about in the pony stable is called click funnels. This guy, Russell Brunson, yeah. which is yeah, funny. He was brilliant. actually a state, he was actually a state champ wrestler in Utah. Then he went to Boise state to wrestle. And this dude took this business click funnels from zero to a hundred million dollars in three years. Yeah. Yeah, I've read all his books. He's brilliant. He's bro. Yeah. And so essentially That's all like, you need. That's all you need. <laughs> bro. Honestly though, like like honestly, he just helps essentially he helps businesses with building an online business through online sales, online lead generation, like building your email list and essentially I put together a document for this podcast for people who will listen to this um and so I'm another aspect of that is learning online sales. Cause it's a different, it's a little different ball game, right? It's like, mm. I'm learning how to build lead magnets, right? Something super specific that's going to attract someone that's going to. So one thing I learned in this is he starts with a, a, a core result or um, ultimate result. Our ultimate result in elevate wellness for people is to help people develop more confidence by improving their body composition and their knowledge about fitness and nutrition, right? That's our ultimate result. We're, we're working to get people. It's working for me so far, sir. Hell yeah. And from there, then that breaks into core results and these core results lead to the ultimate result, right? Where these core results might be learning how to goal, like for, let's say our business specifically, learning how to te teaching people how to goal set teaching people how to properly do resistance training and cardio training, teaching people about mobility, teaching people about, right? So, and mm -hmm. there's tons of core results that lead to that ultimate result that if they improve these things, they're going to get that ultimate result. And then from there, you break that down into one more layer, which is called, he calls them splinter results or frameworks. And these are things that are super specific that are very appealing to people that though if they improve those things that's going to help them get to the core result which is going to get the, them to the ultimate result and so i had been working my ass off for the last two to three weeks creating this lead magnet and essentially the biggest struggle that i have people coming to me with is like yo like i don't even know how to begin to approach my fitness goals or i'm at a plateau that i've been at for a long time and i'm just stuck i don't know what to do and one of the most fundamental things about hitting your fitness goals is essentially how much you're eating, your caloric intake, right? And so I essentially put together a little guide, which is the three steps to calculate your caloric intake, right, to achieve your fitness goals. And in literally, it's three simple steps. I walk you through it step by step. I even have a video on there that I am literally walking through the exact steps, going to the exact website I go to, entering the information. And literally in 15 minutes or less, you will forever know how to calculate how much calorie you should eat in a day based on where you are and based on your goal. Yeah. 
Right? Can confirm. <laughs> <laughs> and then another framework could be like, here's how, here's the the three secrets or whatever to getting a six pack or whatever it might be, right? All those very specific things that lead to the core result that lead to the ultimate result. And like right recently, I've been working on creating a lead magnet that's going to get people like, oh shit, that's me. That's what I want to work on. That, so that sounds something like something I've been trying to improve in. So essentially I have it set up where I created this document and you're, all you got to do is enter your email, then it'll email that right to you, right? Then for the rest of your life, you have that document. You can always just search Elevate Wellness in your, your email and it'll always be there. And essentially, it's just learning how to put things like that together. It's called a funnel. And all a funnel is, is like the step-by-step process. Think of like during the summer knocking on doors, right? From getting a referral to doing your approach to the intro to the demo, right? Close. That's a funnel. It's like mm-hmm. a sales funnel, step-by-step mm-hmm. process. So just learning about this stuff on like doing the online aspect is really cool because first you got to figure out your ideal client, your niche client, your avatar, right? And once you figure that out, it's figuring out what can I give them? What value could I add to them? That's going to be very appealing to them, to that, to my specific avatar. And once I have this, where are all the places that my ideal client might be online? What Facebook groups are they part of? What podcasts are they listening to? What is there? What YouTube videos are they watching? What <laughs> forums are they a part of? And from there, you can literally like Russell Brunson goes through an idea. Let's say for he he used a fitness example. This dude V Shred, which some of you guys have probably heard of, what he did, get this, this is fucking genius. He went to, he found, okay, who's my ideal client? Where are they going to be? So he found this website. It's like, uh, what is it called? Um, lives like livestrong.com, right? It's a forum with like over 2 million, like monthly subscribers, like 2 million people on their email list, right? Fat amount of like traffic there. He emailed them. Like, hey, how much would it cost for me to put an ad on On, your blog? People who are already interested in what he's doing. He puts an ad there for however much it is. All these people who are already interested in that see that, click on his ad. Like, yo, hey, get get this free guide, whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah, I'll just email it to you. Bam. Then – you have a, what's called an email drip sequence after that that automatically sends emails, which is essentially like, hey, here's who I am. Here's how I've learned the skills that I'm teaching about. Here's what I do. Here's how I've helped other people do it. And here's how I can help you do it. Yes, sir. Yeah. Genius. He's a genius. Yeah. He's he, a genius he really here. is. We're, we're using that same technique here at the podcast. Exactly, yep. which is what's helped us get such a large number of views is, I mean, shit, Scott Smith, we were just talking about, he was on a show last Sunday, so a week ago, and he was doing some sort of training, and we found a way to get in front of eyeballs, right? 
I, yeah. I've heard him. Th this is great. I'm glad that you're sharing this because I've been wanting to discuss this because I'm a fan. Nick Taverti, actually, shout out to Nick. He's the one that showed me uh, Brunson himself, like like the book. And guy's a stud. I mean, yeah. Um, the way he puts it is like there's the traffic's already there like it already exists right there's people already online who are looking for the things that you're selling mm -hmm. so the trick is not to pull away the traffic necessarily right off the bat it's to get become the billboard that's essentially on the road that they're traveling on because there's somebody out there who has the people that you want for example for us um there's a <clears throat> there's a podcast and a youtube channel called door-to-door -door secrets or door-to-door -door experts or something like that and that's actually who we're working to get in contact with. Mm -hmm. And so like, basically if they have like 200,000 subscribers on the YouTube channel, a shit ton of followers on their Instagram, TikTok, right. And our next step is to be like, yo, can you promote our podcast on your show? Because it's not about getting those 200,000 people to come. We don't necessarily want those people, but out of those 200,000, if 1% of them, which is what 2000 people are book mm -hmm. people, if, if 10% of them, which is 20,000 people are book people, right? And they hear about the Ponytails podcast. Ten to, just 10%, a small number, right? They're going to go, wait a minute, there's a podcast about yeah. book people? And then the yep. traffic. And that's what we've been working on. Uh, the guy who's the CEO of Door to Door Experts followed me on my personal extra Instagram like oh, two weeks ago or something. Hell yeah. So it's just like about planting those seeds and getting those mm -hmm. connections because, and again, it's not about the sales and it's not, it's just more about creating the right connections with the people who are in the places that you want to get to. And all of a sudden you were another big player and you can, one of the things I learned with Russell Brunson too is like, is the giving mentality, right? Because what happens is like, if you're only in it for the money, like if I'm only in, in doing this podcast for the money, it's going to fail. It's going to fail. It's not about that. Like for us, it's about like what you're saying, right? It, it's about, you started with like that, with, which is like helping people understand and feel confident. Mm -hmm. Like for us, it's like, dude, we just want to be the place where if you're trying to figure out like, oh, what book people do I know that live here? Or what book people do I know that are in this industry? Do you think of us because we're trying to bring together the entire network of all of the people that sold books Yep. and everybody that they know, right? And so we're seeing it live with this whole Ukraine thing, right? Where like the, this guy found a car in Italy and they're going to drive it up to Ukraine to, to Ukraine to like, you know, and th that's the whole point. Like that's to me, I felt so good about that because it's not about money. It's about the fact that because of the podcast, there's going to be a car load full of supplies that's going to change and hopefully help the lives of like even 10 people who just fled their country. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's, that's all crazy. because we decided to talk to people about going door to door. Yeah. You know what I mean? Crazy. That's a crazy idea. That's a crazy idea. And and if we get paid, if we get paid for that, great, great. If we don't, that's okay. Because those ten people that just fled their country, they're not even going to know that it was because of us, right? Mm -hmm. that, and it doesn't matter. But that True. that difference is the impact that you can cause when you leverage, you know, that traffic and 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 you can use what's already available to you to 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 grow and, and and make it make a difference genius sir genius brunson is 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 a genius and i like the yeah. approach that you're taking taking away the two yeah mm -hmm. really good and it's it's really like good. it's his and gary v's concept of like so gary v's book jab 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 right hook yeah what what that stands for all the jabs are adding value adding value adding value and then the hook is um essentially an ask or an offer right same with that email drip sequence same with my social media most of the time all of my posts if by the way if you guys don't follow me on instagram yet or tiktok 
My Instagram is at Seth Hood. My TikTok is at Seth R Hood. Um, follow my YouTube as well. And I'm always, 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 every single day looking to post one to four times a day, essentially added value, whether it's training or nutrition or mentality or whatever it might be. I'm always trying to add value. And what the reason this works, right, is we were talking about this not too long ago. And I think this last Friday or the Friday before on the Pony Stable, and we were talking about how you want to be front and center on people's mind when they think about your yes. industry or your thing, right? So, Which is why we're here, which is why we partnered up. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so <clears throat> the reason that we've had so many people reach out to me on like social media for – like for example, this kid um, that just recently signed up with us, Thomas, he is a random college kid – in texas that followed me on tiktok for maybe a week or two before he realized yo when i think about fitness and breaking past my belief barriers and like getting to the next level seth is the person i think about because i'm always front and center in their mind people are like some people have made funny comments on my tiktok talk like yo you literally live on my like for you page <laughs> and the other day I had some random person again. They just commented as you're my favorite uh TikToker. And they said like you're always smiling or whatever, like keep it up, bro. I have no idea who this person is. Yeah. yeah. And the more you do that, right? The more you continue to add value to people, like let's say with my situation, people are going to be like anytime they think of fitness or anytime they have a challenge with fitness, or a struggle or hitting plateaus and they're like, man, I really need help with this. And all of a sudden later that day, they go on Instagram and they see another one of my posts. Right. And then finally they see a thing. It's like, Hey, yo, I'm looking for like five motivated, like young professionals who are trying to get to the next level with their fitness. Like DM me the word growth. If you want to learn about how we could potentially work with each other, you know, and then all of a sudden they're like, fuck, man, like he I've learned so much from him. I've applied all these things and it's worked. So like I might as well just try to see what coaching would be like working with him one on one. You know? That's and right. then from that from there, it's just like I met a kid, David, on the ski lift in here in Utah, like in December. And he ended up signing up not too long after. And because again, like they jump on my social media they see that i'm an expert in what i do and then it's just like man they're just about adding value so it's like i'm interested you know and you built that skill that's also important to highlight that you know what you're talking about this is what you went to school for right it's like you're just mm -hmm. some schmuck that like also watched some other youtube videos and are just regurgitating something you saw no you learned you went to school you studied this you live it right you've won fitness competitions you have the credibility actually all your guys joe and and zane as well mm -hmm. they're they're studs you can see i mean you just got to lift your shirt up and we're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. If I look half that good, <laughs> I mean, I'm in there. Yeah. That's so, funny. So, so that's what you're talking about, like the skill as well. Like you got the skill. You know what you're talking about. When you talk to me and you're coaching me on a weekly calls, it's like, oh, I understand. Seth knows what he's talking about. It's very clear to see as well. Besides like all the other work that you're putting mm -hmm. in. And then it just makes sense. It just makes sense at mm -hmm. that point. Like, of course, that that's what happened. Right. So Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's that's brilliant. That's that's uh 
that's gold. And I think that this is a very interesting look into Elevate Wellness. I mean, because 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 we could be sitting here talking about how, yeah, and you know, you 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 give me recipes and we can talk about your program if you want, but really that stuff is not as important as understanding the value of who you are and why it's important for you to be because you can there's 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 a lot of fitness programs out there, right? Right. There's just not enough people who want to lift and who want to eat better and who want to, but the that so that's why that's not as important. What's more important is is understanding the core of your of your why and understanding the place where you're coming from as to why this mm -hmm. is important to you. And it's very obvious that it's not just about. I mean, I've 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 never felt that it was about money. I've never felt that it was about. I've oh, on the opposite. I've always felt like this was about helping me be a better person and and be the best version of myself internally and externally. Um, and I as a as a as a as a client can feel that like I understand that um, I, I feel I feel like that's that's huge and I feel like that's mm -hmm. more rare right and that's where the value mostly represents itself in much different ways than just what I'm saying but very clear yeah. to me anyway so it's I'm, I commend you for how you're running your business brother appreciate you motherfucker <laughs> appreciate, you. <laughs> appreciate uh, you motherfucker yeah yeah, yeah. It's, and it's great and it works and and it's cool to see um so you know, uh, there, if you have more to share about Elevate Wellness, please do because I I'm intrigued in it and I love mm -hmm. I love kind of like the, the journey that you're on. It's obviously I've known you since before you started, and yeah. I've known you. You know, I've watched you start. I watch. I was with you when you know we were we, we were roommates the year before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it was like I was witnessing you, like going for this, and it was cool. Mm -hmm. to, it was cool to watch. So yeah, if you have more Absolutely. to share, this is this would be a good, good spot here. Yeah, so I'll say the whole like the whole story that kind of led up to this point, right? So again, another thing that Russell Brunson talks about is telling people like how you've learned what you're teaching now, right? Because if I just told you, hey, I can help you with your fitness, it might be like, oh, okay. But if I tell you the fact that like my first year playing football in the fourth grade, right? I was the smallest person on the team and that made me feel like I had to put more work in. And it's like, man, I have to be like put more work in than anyone else to even catch up to them. And then over 10 years of playing football, like 13 or 14 years of wrestling, including wrestling in college, right? <clears throat> My junior year, I really started to focus on the nutrition side of things. So I started lifting my freshman year of high school. So from fourth grade to we'll say eighth grade, I just worked harder than anyone else on my team. And then freshman year, I got introduced to lifting. And that was a, another big step for me because that was like another thing where it's like, oh, wow, there's there's even a, a better way that I can catch up with everyone else and actually surpass everyone. There's, there's a lot of benefits that are specific only to lifting weights. Okay. So I started doing that. I applied my same work ethic and mentality to lifting as I did with everything else. And then all of a sudden I was very blessed. I actually started on my, my high school football team and my senior year, I was the smallest linebacker in the whole San Joaquin Valley of California. And which is very funny. And so I essentially, <laughs> and cutting weight every single year with wrestling, you learn a lot about nutrition. You have to learn how to like perform with very little food intake. You have to learn about hydration and everything. And 
then my junior year of high school, my, my mom got diagnosed with cancer Hmm. and then she was out of work for about a year. And one day, actually my buddy Skylar Shrine, he, uh, I saw earlier, he was watching this YouTube, like when we first started when I was outside and he screenshot it and put it on his Instagram. So shout out Skylar. But one day we came back from a football practice, two days. And I noticed we went to my house between practices. I noticed my mom was at home, which is very normal. You know, she's, she was always grinding and I came home, didn't see her, thought nothing of it. Came back the next day. My grandma came to the house and I found out that she, my mom had a stroke and which was interesting because I actually remember seeing the ambulance when I pulled up to the house. So I just missed that whole thing the day before. So she had a stroke and we later find out that she had gotten diagnosed with multiple types of, multiple types of cancer, including a brain tumor. And that was obviously really tough for a junior in high school. Right. And then, so by that point I lived in a different house every single year of high school. And with that, I still applied the same fundamental things I knew I would, starting from my sophomore year of high school, I literally woke up at 4 a.m. every single day during wrestling season. We had football, double zero period weightlifting for football at 6.30 a.m. throughout the entire school year. And then during wrestling season, I would also run before that at 4 a.m. I would put on, at the time, I had no idea how to cut weight. I didn't know what I was doing nutrition-wise. So I would put on sauna, I would put on like a trash bag so I can sweat. I'd put on literally two, like a shirt, two sweatshirts, a pair of shorts, two pairs of sweats, and I would go run. For my first two years of doing it, sophomore and junior year, I would run around the park because I lived in town. Then after my mom got diagnosed with cancer, we moved in with my grandparents who lived out in the country. And I would just get on their road in the middle of the country, dark everywhere, and I would just run. On a, at a, like on the highway that leads up to the Sequoia National Park. And there'd be cars going by me at like 4, 4.30 in the morning. And every time I, I would think in my mind, they're probably like, what the fuck is this kid doing out here, you know? Running at 4, <laughs> running at four in the morning, I'd go run. Then I'd go take a shower, eat real quick, drive 15 minutes down to town. I would lift weights for an hour. I would lift weights, then I'd go throughout school, then I'd go to wrestling practice or football practice. Then during wrestling season, towards the end of the week, as it got closer to our tournaments, I would literally go, I would usually go run another time, sometimes go work out again. So sometimes during wrestling season, I was literally working out like three to four times a day. And throughout this whole thing, then my mom got diagnosed with cancer. So it was like, shit, man, like a lot of that was lifestyle based, like like lifestyle choices she made. So I was like, man, I, I don't want to go down the same like health path, you know? So that's when I started learning about nutrition. I started educating myself on that, not only for the health reasons, also to perform at a better level for wrestling and football. And then I'm very blessed. I got to wrestle at Fresno city college, which again, one of the top wrestling programs in the state of California college wise. And then my my sophomore year of college in 2015, my dad passed away, mm. and this he, he again I was raised by a single mom, so he wasn't like 
in my life a ton. But for me, it was just a thing of like, man, like he didn't go down the right path in life necessarily. And for me, it was more like, well, he wasn't in my life a lot, but I still would have liked to have gotten to know him more. And that kind of took that whole thing out. And so another thing where it's like total lifestyle choices led to him having um, dying from heart disease, actually in jail in Arizona. And I was like, man, like Damn. I, yeah, he was like, man, I really don't want to go down this path where I'm like 40 years old and I'm having all these health issues. So again, another motivation for like just educating myself so much and still with putting in all that work. And then just over time is like, I just started noticing that I would go to the gym and I was on a college wrestling team with California state champs with California state placers. And I would notice that when I worked out with people, like they were learning stuff for me every single time. And mm. people started saying like, yo, like this is awesome, man. I never knew that. Like, and the more comments I got like that, the more I realized it was like, whoa, like if my co like college wrestling teammates who are some of the top in the state don't even know this stuff, it's like, how much does the average person not know? And that's whenever it was like, whoa, okay, this might be like a thing. Like maybe this is what I'm interested in doing for a little bit of time. And then that's when I got introduced to network marketing, right? That's whenever the whole entrepreneurship mindset developed. That's whenever I started working on myself as a person and working on like my knowledge with training, nutrition, who I was as a person. And then I got a scholarship to wrestle in Nebraska. From there, I continued to educate myself. Then that's whenever I started buying a lot of programs, teaching me how to build my own business, how to write like um, personal training certification, all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, like, I was like, man, I kind of want to, I kind of want to help people do this, like, as a business kind of. And I didn't know how. And I heard Gary Vee say, like, yo, you should give away some of your stuff at first for free. And so I remember at key persons like three years ago, I was having conversation. This conversation came up so many times where I was like, this is weird that this keeps coming up. But I kept saying, telling people like my idea for a business that I wanted to do. Right. And so over time I was like, man, like I kind of want to help people like prepare for Sizzler. So I created a Facebook group like <laughs> three years ago and it was literally called Sis Bod Squad. <laughs> <laughs> and there's the birth of it all, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't have a software or systems to do this. So I did it on Google Docs and Google Sheets, right? Like I had no idea what I was doing, but I knew I was passionate about this. I had learned so much. I've helped so many people in the past in person. And so essentially I started sending people this. It didn't really work that much because like, I didn't have any systems of accountability. It was like on Google Docs and Google Sheets, which still can work, but it was like zero system for getting people results, right? And that first year, I'll say it was a massive failure, right? It wasn't a failure because that's what led me to this point. But... I didn't get people the results that they wanted, I guess. Um, 
So then the next year, Zane Gallagher and I, we were roommates together. And one day I sat down, I was his OL. He was the first year. One day we sat down and it was like, yo, like, what do you want to do with your life? You know, like, I can't remember if he was having a tough week or what it was. We had a PC. And then he started telling me all his goals in life. I was like, yo, what? Like, that's, those are like my goals. <laughs> and we were homies, you know, like we clicked really quick. So it's like, damn, bro, like we should figure out how to like make this work. Like we should try to like have a business together. You know, we kind of talked about it with our roommates a little bit kind of, and we just didn't really know how to do it together. We had a, we had a meeting kind of one day and in his uh i think fraternity house in lincoln nebraska and that's when we finally officially said it's like okay like we want to do this but we don't know how so let's just do our own thing at first figure some things out and then we'll just go from there so that's when relentless fitness was born so one of those programs i paid for um, from this guy brennan myers um, i bought like a two thousand dollar program online that teaches me how to build my own online fitness business and I started studying the heck out of that part. One of those modules in there, like mentioned what exact software they use, which was funny, right? Because the year before I was like, I have this idea. I know exactly what I want to do. And I kept telling people the only thing I need is software to help me do it. <laughs> and sure, sure enough, boom, yeah. there it is. It's like, oh shit. They use this thing called Trainerize and Evolution Nutrition, and all these different, like, this different software. It's like, oh, shit. So I looked up those things, and I was like, all right, let's buy it. And then it also had a sale, it had sales talks in that that program I bought, right? So Zane went off. He did his own business. I did my own business. I had a good amount of success, like, nothing crazy, right? But with doing it while full-time recruiting, right, like, I... I essentially uh, had like 25, 30 clients, right? I made like decent amount of money for my first time ever being in business, right? And then from there is like, I started learning this, the process, right? And then fast forward to this last summer, I sold like probably like a month longer. I sold 17 weeks, which is insane. And I, I was finishing up my summer, Zane reach out to me like he was he was the he was the man at that time because he was pushing forward with our business i was like yo like i'm out here finishing strong in the book field i would love to help but i just can't right now he's like yo like i totally understand i i get it i essentially told him what software we should use so he started building out the per, the training programs online so shout out to zane so he's putting a lot yeah. of work in in the beginning when i was finishing up the summertime and then we figured out how to work with each other. And then we decided to create what's called Sizzler Shred. And so Sizzler Shred was essentially like like it says, like helping people get shredded for Sizzler. And so <laughs> that was like six months ago, maybe. We started doing that. So I I don't know if I was supposed to do this, but at Key Persons, I made an announcement because I hit 10,000 units, obviously. So there's like, a few people who got to give parts at key persons. About how we by the way, 
for people who don't know what key persons is, it's at the end of each summer, like the people who uh, are key people in the in the organization, they travel and they have like a meeting of the minds uh, at a location. Sometimes it's in Arizona, sometimes it's in Jacksonville. It's always it's been Jacksonville mm-hmm. yeah. for me. So yeah, yeah. I w- the one I went to was when Phoenix, but it doesn't matter. The point is, they all get together and they go there and they share like, mm-hmm. hey, this is what we did well. This is how we like succeeded. How can we use some of the stuff that we learned to implement for the next year? That's what key persons is. So in case someone listening is like, what the hell does that even mean? Yeah. Okay. It Yeah. It's the first meeting we have after the summertime. And it's a combination of a big celebration, right? Because the summer is a push as well as like Andre said, just moving forward. What, what, what have we learned? And so. You were, you were giving did, a talk to key persons. I was giving a part. And at the end, I actually sent swordfish uh, he's the guy who does all the video work, right? He did put the PowerPoints, the master PowerPoint. I, I sent him, I was like, hey, Swordfish, I have a thing I'm going to talk about at the end of my part. Can I send you this little thing? Can you put it in the master PowerPoint? I don't really know if I was supposed to or not, but like, hey, ask for forgiveness, <laughs> right? Not permission. So I plugged uh, Sizzler Shred at the end. And because I really, I really do 100% believe that if you focus on your fitness, right? If you want to reach your potential, your full potential, you have to like hit your full potential in all different areas, spiritual, mental, like, right? Physical is one of those for sure. If you, if you're out of shape, you're not going to reach your full potential by far without a question. Like this is our body. That's how you have your focus, your energy, your confidence, your clarity. Right. And so I was saying all these things I just said right now. It's like, Hey, another thing I really believe in is this bam. Hey, we're pairing people for Sizzler. Um, essentially it was a 10 week program that was, uh, 497 that people paid for four $497. And we had 55 kids like jump on board and <laughs> we created a habit. We created a habits checklist. We literally had like four different categories of habits checklist. We had live zoom calls every week. We, had a Facebook group, which one of the habits was posting in that Facebook group weekly, like different wins they had. So the Facebook page was crazy active, like sometimes like yeah. 10 to ten to 30. It's slowed down a little bit right now because during our competitions, it's way more active. But we were having like 10 to 30 posts a day in our Facebook page, which if you're part of Facebook groups is kind of absurd. Yeah, that's a lot. It, especially right off the bat. And so people, it was just adding value, people winning, like shouting people out, like, and we had, we, we had people, another habit was to make a testimonial video for us right before Sizzler, which was genius. And so we got a lot of testimonials right off the bat. Yeah. (laughs) And so essentially that's that we did that. We had been selling. I created, I had a system created from when I did during uh, relentless fitness, whereas like I use this thing called type form, acuity scheduling, L- L- uh, evolution, nutrition type um, trainer eyes. And so we would send people a link if they were interested. We also did Zane and I record the video, like a little referral video where we're like, Hey, what up homies? Like I'm Seth. This is Zane. Like uh, <laughs> your, your name was passed on to us as a possible, as someone who'd potentially be interested in learning about Sizzler Shred. Like we sent it to a bad amount of people and eventually, <laughs> so we had a system where it's like, if people were interested, they filled out a quick little form. It automatically put them into our, in my calendar. Boom. Then Zane and I would jump on a call. 
we started having so many people jump on these calls where sometimes we had like three or four people sign up for a call at once. And it was just Zane and I. So all of a sudden I hired my girlfriend, Val Festivon. Shout out Val. I love you, Hello. baby. <laughs> and as well as my brother, Bo, he just finished his first summer selling and we hired them as salespeople. And what was dope is we figured out how to literally right off the bat in the first two months of our business, not even started paying them a hundred dollars an hour. Bro. <laughs> yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. So I quit. They were I made, quit. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so we're still figuring out more consistently generation. Right. So like once we get that, then that will hundred percent be a thing. And we're looking to hire coaches here. Um, and so essentially we started getting a lot of people coming in. We got a lot of results. We had, what's crazy is, uh, $75 from every person who signed up went into a pot, right? And there was a point system attached to these habits. By the end of the 10 weeks, whoever had the most points, the first, second, and third person, third place winners actually won prize money. Our first time ever doing a contest in our first two months of business, what's fucking crazy, is we gave away $3,500 to just the winners and another $1,000 to the Sizzler Service Project. So we gave, awesome. away, we gave away $4,500 in our first two months of business. And the first place winner, Stephen Kamika, he won two grand. Like... He won, he won two grand for hitting his fitness goals, <laughs> right? Oops. Yeah. Oops. And then second place, Bryce Palmbach, he won $1,000. Third place, Josh Ignis won 500 bucks, and then $1,000. And then so we also created these Sizzler Shred tanks, tank tops. I actually have them over here. So we gave them out at Sizzler. So it was so dope. We were walking around. And they're like a teal color kind of, or an aqua. So it's very, it stands out very quickly. And you would just be walking through Sizzler and you'd see these teal shirts all over the place. And it was just like, wow, this is fucking dope. Yeah, and dude. I would be Crush. at the club, I would be at the club and there'd be a kid who was on Sizzler Shred that I never even met because I didn't sign him up. I didn't even know he was a part of our program and be, he'd come up to me and be like, yo, Seth, like, I just want to thank you, bro. I've learned so much from, from this. And, yeah, and then very quickly I'd realize what they're talking about. It's like, Oh shit, this must be a client. And it was just like, just seeing that success right off the bat and hearing the testimonials people were giving us of how it's helped them was just incredible. And in that time, right. So probably like two months, two months in maybe, um, Joe Ignis, Joe, I saw Joe Ignis's name on a call for me to call him, right? Like, just like all the other people who were going to be potential clients jumped on a call. He's like, Hey, honestly, like I love the fitness stuff, but honestly, I'm like more interested in the business side of this. Cause this is like exactly what I want to do. I was a college soccer player, right? Like this is a pa huge passion of mine. And over the next like two months, we kind of like worked with each other. We kind of saw what it, what it would be like for Joe to be a part of the team. He added a lot of value. And eventually is like Zane and I were like, all right, honestly, like, I think it makes sense to bring him on board. And then boom. And so we added him as a partner. This is probably officially like 
in, I want to say December or January is when he officially uh, joined as a partner. And then fast forward to like February. So like early this last month, we hired our first coach. His name's Noah. He had some D1 athletic experience. And now kind of my brother, Bo, who's also very passionate about fitness. And yeah, man, it's just been a journey. There's so much to learn. Like we're not even close to like reaching our potential. And man, just as the, I guess you can say the visionary of our business. Like I just see so many opportunities that we can go into. And we already have a big picture vision that I've kind of set and we're working towards that. And it's exciting. It's exciting what we want to do. And it's just like, hearing listening to entrepreneurs for years and years and now finally being in it is like yeah it's a cool it's, it's a cool journey yeah bro <laughs> dude it's so friday dude like i'm just listening to this going i remember when it was so relentless like oh yeah. no and you've been relentless and now you're out here elevated baby yeah damn dude yeah, I, I i just knew wow well, first of all, thank you for sharing all of that because I think that's value added and that's a, a behind the scenes look to things that people don't really get to see maybe. And generally speaking, uh, uh, you know, even in other businesses and other business ventures for people uh, from a personal standpoint, I got to say, I'm, I'm really proud of you, dude, because, uh, you know, just from even when I was roommates with you and even before that, you know, it, it it's cool to see you come this far and when you talk about like the vision and what you're going to it, which I wanted to ask you, what is the goal? Like, what's the big picture? What's where you, where you headed? Yeah. So this is cool. Cause the idea that that has been thought of is very unique, which is wild. Cause fitness is a very, um, what's the word? Di- not diluted. Very, uh, there's a lot of fucking fitness entrepreneurs. Right. right. And so Think thinking about so we just paid like 12 grand for for a business coach recently and i paid 15 grand for coaching this last year myself and thinking about that it's like man like those two brothers i paid last year chris and eric martinez i paid them because they had a roadmap on teaching me how to build my own online fitness business right so if if there's people like myself out there who are willing to pay for a, a proven system in place, right? Then what if we as a business got our system so in place where we knew because we we created a coaching methodology for ourselves, right? Where it's fitness, which encompass encompasses training and nutrition, right? Uh, mindset habits and accountability and there's a lot of specific things that go into that but that's our coach that's what we do with our coaching program and essentially imagine if we have our system in place so well where we know exactly what it takes to get consistent clients coming in we know exactly what it takes to get clients results we know exactly how to add value on social media we know exactly how to do all these different aspects of building an online fitness coaching business. So the idea, one day I was snowboarding and I I texted Zane and Joe. It was fun. They probably saw this at first and they're like, what the heck? But I was like, we're the McDonald's of fitness. (laughs) And I was like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Interesting juxtaposition. I was like, (laughs) 
before you think I'm crazy, get this. What kind of business is McDonald's? I'll ask you. On franchise, kind of baby. Franchise. They're a real estate business. Yeah. Right? Franchise. So the reason people are willing to pay a million plus dollars for a McDonald's franchise is because they know if they buy a McDonald's franchise, there's a step-by-step process that they just have to follow these very simple steps and they're going to have a profitable McDonald's, mm-hmm. right? They have yeah. a whole coaching program like McDonald's University, right? Yeah. Even then, how uh, every single McChicken is made. Like that's why if you get a McChicken in Texas, it's the same thing as a McChicken in Oregon. Exactly. Yeah. And so the idea of that is people are willing to pay a lot of money because it's like, yo, I know the, the outcome that this is going to lead to. I know that if I pay this money, I'm going to ha- eventually have a profitable McDonald's. Mm-hmm. So what a lot of businesses, the mentality they have is, right? So what we want to do is we, we want to combine that with the fitness business in the aspect that if we have so many consistent clients coming in, we have such a proven system that's like, yo, if you follow this system, you are going to have a successful fitness business. Imagine if we do that so well that we start to like people, let's say people who've tried to build their own fitness business, who it's maybe not being super successful, or maybe they just want to get to the next level. And they hear about us who it's like, yo, we literally have like a hundred plus like inbound leads coming in a week or however many it is. And like we have a proven system. Look at all these other coaches we've helped hit, get results with us. Look how much money they're making. Look at the results they're getting for our clients, for their clients. So if you pay us five grand, you will learn, or if you pay us a certain amount of money, you will learn the proven strategy. Not only, because this is a little different uh, than me paying my fitness business coaches who are helping me build my business, right? In this aspect, the coaches that we bring in, are getting to leverage our brand, mm-hmm. our following, our inbound leads to where they're like an entrepreneur within our business, just like Southwestern, right? They're an indep- yeah. independent contractor within our business, right? They pay us for the proven system. They pay us for the leads coming in. And essentially they learn that they're going to make money doing that. And we're also getting a percentage of those sales that they're making. And yeah. so we- so like licensing it out. Yeah. Exactly. Genius. So- us as business owners are creating the systems, software processes to help these business owners succeed. And we are essentially coaching coaches. Yeah. Genius. I like where you're going. That's a good, that's a scalable business, mm-hmm. especially because uh, the need for what you're doing is increasing every year instead of decreasing every year or so it would seem not that there's Absolutely. anything wrong with being overweight or right, but it's rare to see a 70 year old was extremely overweight mm-hmm. you know there's a mm-hmm. it's a need heart disease is the number one killer people are co- worried about covid <laughs> which is something to be worried about sure but you know as a person Take who's care had of heart problems first. yeah put your mask on first before helping others um damn dude i like it this is brilliant this is oh Dude, we've been going for two hours and 46 minutes. Yeah, holy. Damn, that's wild. I told you it goes quick. People are like, (laughs) I don't know that I can talk for that long. And it's like, no, dude, it it comes out. (laughs) It it comes out. Damn, dude. Oh, man, I'm loving that. I'm loving that. Dude, um, I know what it's not even a question. I know that it's going to hit. So luckily, 
and hopefully, you know, as as time goes on, uh, we can continue to add value from working with us as the, as a podcast and continue to you know show, uh, help you brand. Right? I like I like the mentality of like it's about being the first person that people think of when they think of this, right? Mm-hmm. And like that's what we like about what we're doing. And so, damn, it's been a good it's been a good partnership. I like it. I'm digging it. Absolutely, this man. That's been cool. And uh, we'll share some notes on some Russell Brunson stuff that's working for me and working for you, so we can uh, exchange notes and get on the same get on the same page. Um, um one of the things I learned it's uh, there's a guy I'll have to look up his name and give it to you after the episode, but um when you're talking about online business, have you guys looked into like YouTube SEO and anything like that yet? Mm-hmm. Have you guys looked into that? Yeah. The, the I'll, I'll shoot it. I'll have to look it up and I'll send it to you. We, uh, we started doing that and that's how we've been, our success is coming from. It's been straight up just YouTube uh, and just enriching our SEO. That's how Scott Smith ended up hearing about us and, and, and like cool. some other people. We, I got a, I got a text from um, a gal named Ashley. I won't give the last name, but she was like, Hey, is did you sell books and i was like yeah she goes is this a podcast about book people and i go yeah she goes <laughs> oh my god how do i get on <laughs> so she'll That's be awesome. out in may with her yeah so it's, we're just like you said when you start getting messages from people you've never mm-hmm. met before and you're like okay we're doing something right because yep. like i've never met you never even thought about you and uh yeah. or when i'll call people to be on the show i'll be like hey this is andres and you're like they're like oh yeah yeah you're the ponytails guy and i'm like oh, hell yeah yeah so, yes, I awesome, am, Roger Seip. Thanks for telling me. Who <laughs> <laughs> yeah, will be so on the dope. show April 14th, by the way. So uh, let's get an exciting one. Um, yeah, dude. All right. What do you say we get into some stories, some stories from the book field? Yeah. Let me go into like the the end of how I hit 10,000 units and then we'll go into that. Yeah. Hell yeah. But real let's quick, can I go pee super quick? I, it'll probably be thir- less than 30 seconds. Yeah, I, I know you pee so much, dude. I remember <laughs> living with you. It's 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 yeah, the craziest right. thing. Yeah, I'll make some announcements of who's coming up and you can go go do that. Okay. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> um, yeah, so actually speaking of Roger Seip and our future guests, uh be guys be sure to tune in into uh into uh our uh, some of our uh upcoming episodes. Uh, if you want more information on how to and who's coming up, obviously we have that post on Instagram. You can find out our previous our upcoming guests. Uh, for the month of March. Uh, good news. We just booked, uh, we just got done booking um, Roger Seip. He'll be on April 14th. And then we also have uh, upcoming is Robin Mukherjee. He'll be on probably in May. So that's an exciting one. It's one of the guys who was most solely responsible for, uh, you know, growing the European uh, base as well. And actually an announcement I did want to make is about the stable. So Seth kept referring to the fact that he was sharing it to the stable. The stable is a place where all our fans live. And so in order to get access to that group, uh, we are on, we are rolling out the stable access. So for anybody of our fans who wants to kind of get a little bit more behind the scenes, look, uh, at some of the stuff we're doing at the show, as well as, uh, getting ahead of, uh, of, uh, there's a bunch of perks. And there's different memberships. Once we roll out our website, which like I said, is coming next week, you guys can, uh, start, paying uh monthly uh in exchange for some value so and depending on what level and tier you come in as as a fan uh there's certain perks that you get which is which are kind of fun it's just a cool way to kind of get support but at the same time help people get more out of the show and kind of stay connected um some of these things include uh access to uh audible accounts so you can have all the pretty much all the books that are available to listen to on audiobooks um, you can also have the AAA membership. Uh, we have beer that we're sending out monthly to all our paying fans that are in that uh, top level. 
Um, there's also going to be access to exclusive merch. If you have a specific kind of merch that you would like that we can that we don't have in our store, we can have that ordered for you, sent to you. So, for example, uh, uh, Will Metro was asking about a tie, a Ponytails podcast tie. Well, that's not that's not going to be available in our store. But if you're in that level of membership, then we can send you whatever it is. Maybe it's a baby outfit. It is what it is. And so um, more details on that coming out as we figure out how to be able to send beer out to people without it being uh, uh, illegal to bootleg. There's 13 states that we figured out how to ship to, but we're still trying to figure out how to get to all 50. So that way you guys can uh, tune in and be a paid fan and be part of the stable. The stable is the Facebook group. It's a secret Facebook group that all the people can get uh, access to uh, that to the to our backstage uh, jockey talks. And so that's what Seth was talking about there. Uh, but he's back here. And now we're going to hear a little bit more about the 10,000 unit summer. Yeah. And uh, and of course, some funny uh, ponytail stories. And then we'll wrap this one up. The, the, we, take your time, bro. It doesn't have to be. By the way, this is going to break the record for longest episode. So let's just go for really? it. Really? Let's go. Yeah. What's the yeah. longest? Because Brandon Key was three hours and four minutes, I think. And oh, uh, we're yeah, at 251. We're so sure. we're, we're, we're going to pass it. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks for, if you're still with us, thanks for being with us. Yeah. Okay. So what's uh <laughs> do you hear that that's how you know it's gonna be a wild story <laughs> so, went back to, if you're just listening you said just went back to being outside to yeah. the god lighting and that was zeus that was the that yeah was... bro <laughs> so okay so this is why when you set goals and you just focus on creating that feeling within yourself you just got to know that it, it this is just how things work right where when you create that feeling within yourself, your values are aligned, right? You're just, you're tapped into who you really are. And you, um, you know what feelings you're trying to get out of life, what intangibles you're trying to get out of life. Then for some reason, whether you believe in God or the universe or energy or whatever, these things do happen or law of, associ- law of attraction, right? It, this is just how it works, right? And so I just knew at a certain point is like, I just know by the end of summer, I'm going to feel super proud and confident and be respected for what I did this summer, you know, and whatever that may end up being. And so what's crazy is this last, okay. So there's like, it was getting to the last couple weeks and there was like three different ways that you find out your results of how you're doing during the summertime. And for me, all three of those were different. Like, One told me that I already hit 10,000 units. One told me that I was like a few hundred units away. And one was saying I was like a thousand units or whatever away. So I was like, fuck, like, I don't know which one to believe. One's telling me I already hit it. One's like, I don't know. Um, So Justin Weeblehouse, we, uh, he, he said, all right, this is the way I found that's most accurate. And I was like getting pretty close to the end of the summer, like a week or two remaining, whatever it was. And I was still the, the way that he said was the most accurate was the lowest number. So I was like, <laughs> okay. I'm a so thousand I'm, short. Yeah. So I'm just going to go based on that. So what's crazy is, so out of the three ways, I still didn't know exactly how essentially I didn't know exactly how, uh, or which one was the accurate one I was going to go off of. So one way was crazy. So one way said that I already hit it. The second way, certain rain out here. The second way 
told me that the last customer I had on my last day, like my second to last goal period was the customer that put me over 10,000 units. But get this. The last way that I end up finding out was the actual number told me that. So going back, I kind of forget about this sometimes. Essentially, I was technically still like, like, what was it? Uh, 30 units short of 10,000 units. I thought I hit it with the second way. Um, but that didn't end up being accurate. So the third way, the lowest number. Essentially, I was driving back to Nashville after the summer. <laughs> My last day was done. All summer, you might have a couple families reach out to you for like Facebook appointments or like appointments to go meet them. This was the first appointment other than virtual selling when COVID first happened. This was the first appointment I had ever set up on Zoom. I was halfway back to Nashville going to check in somewhere and in I Virginia. <laughs> I don't even know where I was. I had a Zoom appointment with a family and they were just like all about it. I had sold to like every like so many of their friends. They were starting to homeschool and they ended up buying a a, a, a I call them platies, a platinum <laughs> which is like, it was like 67 units. I end up selling like 10,030 units, which means I did not officially hit 10,000 units until after my last day, halfway back to Nashville. Bro. How fucking crazy is that? That's wild, dude. That's wild. Yeah absolutely insane how did you how did you feel on the drive afterward once you knew that even the lowest number was it how did that what was that feeling oh man it was like it it just shows that right we think when we think that when we hit a goal it's going to create those feelings you got to ask yourself how long did that feeling really last right it's usually pretty short which is why that's why it makes sense to create that feeling all the time in the moment, hmm. right? Cause it's like, even if you hit the goal, you might not have that, that feeling for very long. So just learn how to create that feeling within yourself. Just because, just because, you know? Hmm. Yeah. And so I knew it was going to be short and it's like, it is short lived, you know, it's cool to hear like getting brought up and it helps with certain things. Right. But it's like that feeling comes and goes so fast. So, what stays forever is the person I've become, is how I've learned to connect to people, is the respect I've gotten, is the work ethic I've built. Yeah. Right? Those things yeah. last forever. And, and that's so, what sticks with you now. That's what exactly. that's what your that's what your job, that's what your company is doing right now. Is crushing it that way. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Damn, dude. Yes, sir. Damn, dude. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. That's Isn't a cool. That that's a cool. That's a cool story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know how much I hit ASL by, but it had to have been like a few hundred units. Like I probably finished at like twenty five hundred, twenty five thousand something, maybe twenty six thousand some units. 
and ASL is 25,000 units. And that was my goal to essentially, I don't think people should like, let's say in Southwestern, I don't think people should have a goal of like, Oh, I want to be here for three years or five years or whatever it is. I don't think you should do time. Cause in that, let's say you say, I'm going to be here for five years. Well, chances are if you're in the, there that five years and you're just there for time, you're probably going to like take a lot of shortcuts. You're going to go the easier out. But if your goal is like, yo, I really want to hit ASL, right? Or I want to do this or that, then you're going to do your best to hit that goal as fast as possible. And then that's the time you need to be there for. Exactly. Yeah. And then, so that was my goal was ASL. And I know earlier I said, oh, like, I still create like specific goals, right? Like it's not like I have a hundred percent let go of those, but I'm never attached to those while I'm working. Like I set the goal to break the force record. And I'd think about that before the summertime. I thought about it on Sundays. Maybe I thought about it before the, the work day of like how many units I wanted to sell that day. Let me go back inside. <laughs> <laughs> so windy. You guys are getting some yeah. storming out. Some storming yeah, out there. Just hailing. So I think about those outside of the working time, but once it gets to the time where it's just like, okay, this is now time to put my head down and my focus is no longer on my results. My focus is on, again, who I'm becoming. So, hey, if you want to set those specific goals before the summer on Sundays in the mornings, the specifics, go right ahead. But what your intention is throughout the day is who you're showing up as, the work you're putting in, right? Mm. Mm. Um, before we get into the stories, I actually wanted to ask you something that a buddy of mine asked me, and I try to answer as best as I could. Uh, and we can talk a little bit about this, but what you just said, the word you put in, but everybody has different like definitions of work, right? Like for what you're doing for Elevate Wellness, work for Elevate Wellness is different. Like for example, work for Elevate Wellness is being on Instagram. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? In a weird way. And you're like, well, shit. Yeah. Do you ever feel like, ah, oh, I'm on my phone? But it's like, no, actually, I'm fucking, I'm working. Like, this is part of the yeah. part of it is like, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's funny. It's interesting. So how would you define work? Regardless of the industry or the, or the, or the goal. Um, I mean, I, I gave him my definition, but I'm curious to see what yours, what yours would be. Well, I think it, I think it does depend on the industry and what you're doing. So, Again, it's just like, if you notice, so much of what I'm talking about comes back to what I talked about in the beginning. The what, yep. the why, the who. Yep. yep. So yep. to know what to do, it's Russell Brunson calls it funnel hacking. It's find people who are doing what you want to do on a successful level, break down, like figure out exactly their process of what they're doing, figure out their daily actions, figure out like how they're doing the things they're doing and then do that. Right. And so yeah. with my business or a lot of businesses, personal brand is huge. Like I, uh, this guy, Bradley, not Bradley, but Brad space Lee. <laughs> He's a G he has a, a podcast called uh, dropping bombs. It's absolutely incredible. And he talks about how, um, hmm, 
I totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll give you my definition of work. And if it comes back to you, it goes back to you. But it kind of okay. goes with what you're saying. Basically, like uh, anything, any venture, any venture worth going on, you have to have a goal, right? That you're, you, you referred to it as your what, but like the, the, the big picture. Um, I've read different books. That's called, a book called Scaling Up. I'd recommend it to you, by the way. Really, really good book on like more like a structure, especially if you want to go into, um, if you're trying to go into the franchising uh talks really big on on how to create systems really efficient systems right um and that's actually what i've been using for the podcast part of the reason why we've been able to scale decently fast um relatively uh, but anyway long story short is in, in that book they talk about your big hefty audacious goal or your BHAG, right you're like giant ass goal and based on southwestern principles they would tell you what do you do after you have a big goal how do you not elephant right you crystallize it one mm -hmm. Right. And so, for example, in Southwestern, the definition work work was you're on your way to you're with Mrs. Jones or on your way directly on your way to the next house. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's the definition of work. So when my buddy asked me, that's what I gave him. He goes, yeah, but how does that apply for like your podcast, for example? And I'm like, well, what that means is like we set up goals. Right. And those are clear. And we crystallize them. What are we going to do each month? What are we going to do each week? What are we going to do each day? Right. And so, for example, we know that on uh, so today is Sunday. So tomorrow. Uh, and sometimes I'll fail. Sometimes I'm short and sometimes I'm going to hit it. But by tomorrow, I should have like a reel or a nugget of what of a minute of this conversation posted on my Instagram. That's part of it, right? Because that's going to drive traffic, among other things, right? But so my definition of work is, look, if you have crystallized your goals well, then you know what you have to do every day. And work is then accomplishing to the hour that so if i work for the next hour that means that like my day was planned like this right so it takes me about about 30 minutes to create that reel right so in that definition if i spent 30 minutes creating that reel that's one thing of the many things i have to do that day but like then i was working even though it looks like i was just on instagram mm -hmm. but i wasn't i was working because i did what i was supposed to do right during the time then i have to go meet with a potential jockey tomorrow actually i got two of them right so then it's like then that that was work because I'm talking mm -hmm. to a person about investing in and promoting their business on it. And so it, once you have crystallized your goals, the definition of work is, are you doing the things that are you taking that bite of that elephant one bite mm -hmm. at a time? Right. Are you, and, and that's what, so that's why regardless of the industry, once you've crystallized that goal, you know what you should be doing for that hour even. Mm -hmm. And if and you're doing that, then you're working. Yeah. And to figure out what that elephant is, right? I think it's important to think, well, what actions, if I were to work on these consistently and get results in this area are going to move the needle the most in the short term and the long term, right? Because yes. you could, you could be like taking one bite out of a time out of the wrong elephant. Or right? the wrong part of the elephant. Yes, correct. Like you don't want to start exactly. at the asshole. Right. <laughs> want to go what to that big thigh. Start at the asshole, though. But sometimes <laughs> it makes sense to start at the asshole, right? It does, right? And that's true. that's that, that's part of it. Like, well, you know, at the beginning when we first launched as an LLC, I was spending a lot of time working on the legality of stuff, and some of that thing, some of those things, you just have to just spend the time in. And mm -hmm. for me, that at that point, work wasn't talking or creating reels. It was freaking sitting down and reading the fine print, making sure that I wasn't going to get sued or get screwed over later on, right? Like. It, people don't talk about those little things and they don't want to. Everybody likes to talk about the big picture. Oh, we're going to have, you know, a million views. We're going to have a thousand, hundred thousand subscribers on YouTube, right? Or whatever. And it's like, yeah, that's all fucking beautiful, right? But like, 
did you do your homework, right? Did you spend time listening to the people that are coaching you? Did, like those are all of that is work. It's, and it feels weird because when you go from Southwest where it's like very clear, okay, you're at the house or you're at the next house, right? Right. It feels like you're not working hard. I don't know if you ever deal with that, but like, but it's like, no, like I, it, it working hard means doing the things that you're supposed to do. And sometimes it's not hard physically. Sometimes it's not mm -hmm. hard mentally or emotionally. It just means consistent. Consistency mm -hmm. is hard and that's work. Yep. Right. And, it and that's what it takes. And it's funny because like a specific example of that is like I was saying, that's what I've been working on these last two to three weeks was creating my cl first click funnel, literally my first funnel that I'm going to give you guys. Again, it's a guide that's going to help you guys for the rest of your life, figuring out how many calories eat per day. And this literally took me two to three weeks. And the average person will look at what I was doing every day. It's like, bro, you're not even hardly doing anything. Like, yeah, <laughs> but the beginning of, ClickFunnels is very complicated initially because you have to like connect your SMTP for like sending automated emails. You have to do a yeah. lot of things with like connecting domains that you've already purchased in the past and going through multiple different like like servers and websites and emailing back and forth with customer service and figuring out like what I should be uh, writing on this and then watching some of the like the courses on ClickFunnels to see like yeah. let's say the five so day yeah, yeah. Auto, like yeah. all the things okay like this is a lead magnet okay here's a step-by-step -step process and there's exercise to go along with these things now i gotta create my own one pager and then now i gotta create my video for that now i gotta think okay what's gonna be the the splinter framework that's gonna essentially be most appealing to people and gonna get people results instantly to get them to want to um engage with with that guide right and just like it didn't seem like a lot of work, but but it's a well, lot God. of work. Yeah, bro. And same thing like you're saying with social media. What I was thinking about earlier, Bradley says like the main, the most important thing you can do as a business owner is build your personal brand. Because let's say I'm not even with, let's say I'm not with Elevate Wellness forever, right? Let's say eventually I want to put my focus elsewhere. Like I have the systems in place where it's like I don't need to do that much with the business because it's like it's a well-oiled machine. It's just going or it gets bought out or whatever it might be. Right. Eventually I might want to do a completely different kind of business. And in that right. case, if I have such a, I've built such a good personal brand, people aren't as interested as my business as I am with me. Yep. They believe in me as a person. And so that's why I've been very intentional to post one to four times a day on TikTok at just adding value, man. And, these last few days have slowed down in terms of how much I've posted on TikTok. Now it's only the last few days have only been once a day to give you an idea of how much I've been posting. And again, I paid like 300 bucks for a TikTok coach, literally. Hmm. And I had my first viral video like last week or two weeks ago, whatever. I think like two over 200,000 people saw the video or whatever. And yep. And in that mo in those times day to day, I always, I laugh literally yesterday. I was like, honestly, if someone saw like what I do in a normal day, they just like, what the heck, you know, like, yeah, but it's so hard to explain how much yeah. you're doing. Yeah. Cause there, and sometimes there's no clear in entrepreneurship. There's no box. There's no like, Hey, you're supposed to do this and this and this and this. It's like, sometimes you got to figure out what those things are. Right. Yeah. And so I was, it was funny yesterday. 
So a typical day-to-day for me, right? I wake up, I do my morning routine, I do my savers, I go work out, I come back, and then I find, I record all my content while I'm in the gym, then I take all that content after the gym, and I essentially like go through all my videos that I have, all the different social media posts I've written down, and then I create a, a TikTok or Instagram or whatever. And then I might scroll through TikTok real quick to find ideas, to find song, trending sounds. And then I'll create mm-hmm. my my video, which might take 30 minutes or less or might take an hour yeah. to make a video. And I'm trying to yeah. post two to four a day. And yeah. from there, then it's like, okay, cool. These la- And then you have these sprints, right? These last two to three weeks, my sprint was creating this click, this click funnel for this episode. I wanted to get it done by today and i literally got it done today nice and fuck you don't know how much work that was but i i I can imagine because trust me i'm with you i'm like god there's so much fucking work to do yeah Yeah, i saw i'm and i even think i'm like oh my god i still have so much other stuff i need to do exactly there's there's never an end but so and that this sprint was like okay i need to like figure work on this click funnel thing right um i'm also doing like continuing to educate myself so getting a yeah personal training certification right now through nasm national association of sports medicine just to add more and more value to our clients and then all of our coaches are going to be getting that certification right now um and moving forward and then um other times i might be just making videos right like yesterday i posted on my social media a video of me like flexing essentially I already had that video created and then I already kind of had other videos of like my meal and the video was literally like, here's my, my breakfast I've eaten the last few years. And it was just like, I would go into Martin's office and I'd be like editing videos and I was like, oh wait, I still need this little clip. So I'd go into the kitchen where he was sitting and then I'd grab like the egg carton and I would, I was just like recording and I'd just go like this (laughs) and I'd go in and then I went and started editing that and I was like, oh shit, I need this other part. So then I go, went and got like the peppers, like my sweet pep, like my bell, pe- bell peppers. And I did the same thing, right? Like for cool transitions. If you guys saw my yeah. post yesterday, you'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know what you're uh, talking about. <laughs> you did great, but it takes yeah, work. It does, yeah. And so it's very funny. It's just knowing. Um, yeah, and I again, it's just like find people who've done what you want to do, study them and see like, okay, these are these are the main things that are going to move the needle. And this is what it takes to do that. These are my daily actions, whether it feels like work or not. That's my main priority and main focus. So, you gotta write a book, bro. I, d- I did write an ebook uh, not too long ago, but agreed. I, Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I, I don't really you. want get, to, but yeah. I get you in touch. This is a click funnel, dude. <laughs> yeah. It's, Literally. it's a glorified business card. You just yeah. show up to someone and you're like, you're like, oh yeah, oh yeah, by the way, here's my book. And you're like, oh, you wrote a book? I'm like, yeah, it's right here. I'll let me sign it for you. <laughs> my phone number and you just give it to him it's like hell yeah you know what i'm saying but it's 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 just as you're talking about man it's work and nobody wants it nobody nobody wants to do it that's that's what sets you apart right is is that's really everybody anybody could do that anybody can do that Mm -hmm. but not everybody wants to and god damn it that's the difference yeah and it's and it's like the amount of time i spend just like I, I'm just like a fucking fiend, man. Like for the knowledge, for just like grinding. I just like, I'm always like everyone in this house says too. sometimes they'll be like, man, like Seth just 
Like every time I, Lucas, like every time I come home, you're just back over at the, like you're over in the office, just like watching a video, like teaching you something or doing some program or training or working on something like, yeah, yeah it's just, but Hey, it's like, if you want to be the best, you gotta, you gotta sacrifice, you know? So, yeah. Although it is important to balance, right? There's also a line, right? You can't just like, cause otherwise there is such a thing as burnout. And so there's like a, there's a sweet balance and, and you find that I know I've seen you find it. Cause I know <laughs> we roomed together, man. I know you balance. we have different balances at different times. You know? <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right, baby. That's good. But you're so, great, brother. That's a good point though. Cause essentially you, you do have to have balance, which is why I have a morning routine, right? Like I always have a buffer in between the time I wake up and the time I do work. Like I never like to jump straight into work because I want to focus on myself at first. Famous Jim Rohn quote, right? What a legend. He says, learn to work on yourself more than you work on your job. Yeah. Yeah. Especially learn when you're, work... you are the job. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so – um, yeah, just having that buffer, finding that balance. Like I still, I go snowboard every, like every week, you know, I'll go, go up and snowboard. Cause that's part of my lifestyle. You know, like I am designing my life. So many people get this mentality of like, they just keep doing what other people around them are doing and just like doing this monotonous life. They don't know why they're doing what they're doing, but it's like, we can a hundred percent control our destinies. We can control our lifestyle, right? We just have to un- understand that concept. So like, Again, like I said, I've signed people up at the the ski resort, right? Like I'll jump on – if I want to go snowboarding, I'll go up and then I'll just like stop snowboarding for a little bit, jump in my car, run a meeting from there and keep snowboarding, you know? Yeah. Like That's how it works, baby. One time That's where I was at VIP – yeah, I was at VIP trip in Florida. I had We had a meeting once, you know? Like I was just like out there living my life, doing what I want to do and then like having my business – like me not – like fitting into the mold of my business, but rather molding my business around my lifestyle. Yeah. That's cold. That's it. That's it. Ooh. Ooh, dude, this is like, this is like, just, we just been dropping just like. <laughs> For real. <laughs> you guys Hell need yeah. some sound effects like Bradley does. Dude, uh, have you seen Lee McCroskey's episode? He has like the bow. Oh, you should go I've watch s- his episode. I've seen he, part he, of it, but not all of it. He would like say something like wise and he'd be like, bing. And I would say, it's so fucking funny. Dude. That's awesome. <laughs> Go watch the rest of it. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Damn, brother. Damn, brother. Damn, brother. This is good. This is good. Um, yeah. Hell yeah. No. All right. All right. All right. This is, we got to, we got to get into some ponytails because okay, I want to cool. hear some fucking funny stories about the book field. I've been like, oh, all right, right. serious words. So like, give me, give me some like, and, and you can take some time to think about it. I can also <laughs> share. Like, like funniest stories as far as like just random. It could be like uh, to, to kind of jog your memory. It could be, it doesn't even have to be funny. It could be the most impactful stories. Maybe you almost got arrested. Time you got kicked off fur, tur- got kicked off turf. It could be like uh, biggest pony, like the biggest customer you ever had. It could be uh, best sizzler story. Um, we got to tell the story about how you almost drowned at Danny's wedding. Um, like, <laughs> like things like that were just like, well, how the fuck did that happen, right? Um, Bro, I have a lot of those like, stories. Yeah, the Nat story. Were you there for the Nats? Was that your summer? That was my first summer. That was 2017. Yeah, dude. Colin told us about the Nats story, but I yeah. want to hear from your side. Let's start with that one. Holy okay. shit! That 
<laughs> well, wasn't that your fault too? We we never found out whose fault it was. We we think it was one of the. We actually think it was one of the firsters who left, right? Who was an early champion because that's where they put their stuff. And so, oh. essentially, right? Hygiene is a big thing during the summer. You want to keep your HQ clean because, like, we're staying in people's houses for a very small amount of money, you know. So, like, we want to like take care of their space. And one like. There's a few days where we came home and we're like, why the fuck are all these gnats in here? You know, like, and then one day it was like really bad where it was like, yo, like there's something going on in here. It was you, Danny, Colin. And Paul Stevens. Uh, Yeah, Paul Stevens. And so. What up, Seth? (laughs) Yeah. So one day we come home and we're like, yo, there is a lot of gnats in here. Like like way too many for there not to be something going on. And I remember Colin, he went to go, he went to go grab like a, like it was like a granola bar box or something like that. That was right underneath a cabinet. And whenever he went to go grab it, he picked it up and he was like, yo, what the heck is this right here? It was like black or something nasty looking. It's like, what the heck? And then he looks up and you can kind of see it out of the cabinet and he opens the cabinet and a swarm of gnats come out <laughs> and there were like old bananas that were like black and withered up in the cabinet and like <laughs> what seemed like millions of gnats. Dude, he said you couldn't f- see across the room. Bro, so many gnats fly out and we had to like get a Walmart bag and like scrape the bananas out of the cabinet. <laughs> it was bad <laughs> it, we're like wow i really hope our our host family doesn't like come into the house you're getting kicked this. out yeah kicked like, out. Well, how did you get him out bro so then colin looked up online how to like get rid of them and so we essentially lured them we had the, a jar uh he put like but he put pieces of the banana or something some food in there and then he got saran wrap on the top and poked like – or foil or saran wrap and poked little tiny holes in it. So the gnats would go in there to get the food and then they wouldn't be able to get out and they would just die. So My God. That, we had several of those set up throughout our HQ. How long did it take before you could see or before it was in a problem? I think it was like a few days to a week or so before they were kind of all gone. Oh, my God. <laughs> Whoops. That story always makes you freaking Whoops. just like what Yeah, bro. <laughs> well, that was my first summer, so you learn some things, you know? It's a growth business, yeah. as we say. Yeah, yeah, that's right, baby. That's right. All right, what else you got? Give me some more. I wanted to instigate that one because I knew you were part of that. And oh, oh man, bro. that's that story. So crazy. like I'm actually surprised I'm about to tell this right now. But <laughs> so fuck um we always say there's like danny says everyone has like a poop story during the summertime right oh yeah oh, is this a poop story yeah bro okay good Levi krosky told us about the time he shit his pants so this is I, all right we it's been a while <laughs> since we've had a poop story i actually can't believe i'm gonna say this because i haven't said this to a lot of people but we are about to out there, to you know? several, <laughs> yeah, this is, now this it's is gonna there. get watched so <laughs> There was a time my second summer where I was in Lancaster, New York, right? It's like a suburb of Buffalo. And by the way, 
the week I was in Lancaster, I was only there for a week and I had my worst week of my career, my second week of my second summer. And I sold like six units in a week. Sexy. (laughs) That's like 20 bucks or that's like less than. That's $42 of profit for the week. For the week. 80 hours a week. 80 80 hours a week. (laughs) That was a rough week. And it was a log on, by the way. <laughs> so that's uh, 52 cents an hour. Wow. Yeah, that was a rough week. Um, and so mid that week, now I'm just connecting for the first time that, that those two weeks were the same week, which is even funnier. And so I went and I knocked on this door. It was in this big suburb where it was like the typical like picket fence houses you know just like house after house after house after house all the same you know and i knocked on this door and this guy answered i kind of like really had to use the bathroom right like we getting to that point where i was like and i was in the middle of city so like i can't just go out into yeah nature or whatever i want to do yeah and i was in the middle of all these houses i knock on this door and i get the door i was like wow like i really have to go to the bathroom <laughs> and he opens a door and his his daughters were in college already and they're out of the house and i told him i was like hey this might be like awkward question but like i really i've been working on my car all day like is there any chance that i can use your bathroom he's like yeah come on come in (laughs) (laughs) all right seth you committed let's go (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so i i go in to use the bathroom and i mean the bathroom is kind of like right after you walk in so he's probably like right not too far from the bathroom the whole time right and all i'll say is like i released <laughs> some demons that day and after i did this right like i'm finishing up usually i try to be really quick because i'm in someone's bathroom you know so I'm going to the bathroom real quick, and I go to flush. Oh, God. And it doesn't flush. <laughs> I'm like, son of a bitch. So I'm like, this is not happening. And so then I go to flush again. Nothing. It's like, wow. Toilet, like, water's rising. So I look around. No plunger. Like, bro. Well, they talk about problem solving, so uh, let's see what I can do here. And so I'm looking around for something, anything. No plunger, but what I do find is one of those toilet brushes. (laughs) All righty. Time to mix it up. Let's Bro. And so I, uh, I start to, like, clear the pathway of the toilet right and i'm just trying to get it to go down i'm trying to get out of this house i've already flushed the toilet multiple times i'm like so i gotta get out up. of here it's filling up oh, yeah no. so i gotta go and finally i get it so it goes down multiple times flushing and then i'm left with another problem where i have this toilet bowl brush <laughs> with a lot of remains on it (laughs) i was like i can't just like leave this like this 
So I turn on the I turn on the sink. And I'm like, <laughs> I gotta fucking get this off. I first I start to like swish around the toilet water to like try to get it off, and it is just not coming off. And I'm like, wow, why does this have to be happening right now? So that's when I turn the sink on, try to like, you know, move it around. And it's just not coming off. It's just for one, whatever reason. Oh, dude. It's just on there. And I'm like, (laughs) I've been here too long. I only have one of two choices. I either leave it here. I really don't want to do that. Or I find a way to get it off. (laughs) What did you do, dude? (laughs) So... I got some toilet paper and I put it in the water and I scrubbed it off <laughs> of the brush. And then toilet paper got left on there and eventually I got it all off. And who knows how long I was in the bathroom by that point. But this guy heard multiple flushes, the to- the water running for a while. Like This guy's having a rough day. <laughs> bro. And I just put oh that thing down. God. I walked out of the bathroom, and I could not have gotten out of that place quicker than I did. <laughs> and Imagine if you had someone following you that day. <laughs> bro. I, I might have preferred that because they might have kept him busy. Because like when oh. I opened the when I opened the door, he was like, he was kind of in a spot where he was kind of just like waiting for me, you know? I was like, fuck, man. Brutal. But yeah, that that was the week I sold six whole units. Worth it. It's it was it, it was a shitty week. Yeah, for yeah. Uh, Many uh, ways. Didn't. <laughs> wow. Oh, dude, that was that was gold. I had never yeah. heard that one. Yep. Um, on a on a lighter note, another another story that comes to mind is, I guess I can tell one of two. I'll I'll tell one one of these stories. So one story was the first time I hit PC. One story was the first time I hit Mort. Both were insane. Like so. I guess I can tell both if we really want. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, at this point, we're well into the longest episode. So might yeah. as well break the record somehow. Okay. So first time hitting PC was my third summer. And by Friday, no, it was – so going into Saturday, right, the last day of the week, I had already sold more units than I'd ever sold in a week. I was at like 400-something, like 420-something. So – I was like, I was like quite a ways still from PC. I already sold more units than I ever did. And I was, it was Saturday morning and I woke up and there was just some kind of feeling I had in my body where I just knew that I was going to hit PC. Yeah. I I just, I just knew it was going to happen. And when I will, even, even my roommates, Justin Lienertz and Anthony Moyer, they knew too. They can just hear it. I was hitting my morning pushups and sit-ups and I was like, ah, PC, ah, PC. And I was just like, I just knew. And so I go throughout the day, still quite a few units from hitting PC, right? Like maybe 160 units. And first, first house of the day before 8am, customer. 
boom, solid start. Let's go. Like 20-some units, whatever. It's like, all right, hell yeah, let's get it. For the next 12 hours, I had zero customers. (laughs) Nothing. Nothing at all. So I'm still like, I had to been like 130 to 150 units away. And I was in my car during gravy, which gravy is like at 5 p.m. is like our stop time where we essentially like take a quick break, eat some food, like regather ourselves, right? Set our intentions for the rest of the day. I was sitting in gravy. I still remember exactly where I was. I was at a little park. People were playing baseball, like softball. I was in my car. And I remember writing down this blue little sticky sticky note that I ended up eventually sending to Mark Rao, and he promoted it out to the whole company. And I think I might still have that, that sticky note. And I wrote on the sticky note, I'm so blessed and grateful that I finally hit PC for my first time. Going into gravy, I was sitting on one customer and like however many units, 100 whatever units away. And in gravy alone, I had five customers and 150 units or whatever it was. Right. You wrote that at five o'clock. At five o'clock. After I was, I, I was still like 130 <clears throat> units away from PC probably. Yeah. And, and for people to kind of have a, 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 that, and even people who sold books that might not understand how the unit counts were later on. So uh, at that point when you were selling the biggest package, if everybody bought, if somebody bought everything in your bag, the most units that would come out of that would be 98 units or something like that. Right. Like it, up in the, up, it was like right around, bought everything and like done or a hundred units. It, it was right around a hundred. It was right around 125, 130. But so, by that point I only sold one bag ever so even a, a package of like 70 at the time was like really big yeah so yeah that's what i'm trying to say so like if you had 150 units that you're looking at you have to get maybe two at least if not like two huge ones or if not three to four medium-sized customers size, yeah, yeah. Tip, so most, to, give, most, to give like the reference yeah, yeah. M- most people's package size is usually between 20 and 30 per customer yeah the yeah. top producer like people who are <clears> crushing yeah yeah and so I was still pretty far from that. And so after gravy, I still went another three hours with nothing. Zero. Then I pull into this house. It was a referral. They should have bought. It was like 8 p.m. And they didn't buy for whatever reason. They should have bought. And then so I was like, fuck, okay. So then I go and I go to another referral and I go knock on their door. And I see up in the window, these two kids playing and they stick their head out. They're like, Hey, you know, whatever, like messing around. Like, I was like, Hey, like go get your parents, <laughs> you know, like go grab your parents. And then I'm waiting for a second. I think they're going to come down. I'm, I'm not hearing anything. So I go to knock and I knock. And right when I do the door opens Oh yeah. from the kid, there's a kid and a pit bull. Nice. And the pit bull is obviously protective. There's a kid. It lunged at me, bit my arm, which I still have a scar today, bit my arm. And I like, boom, pull back. I start bleeding, right? Like I'm in shock. And then the parents come outside and they're like freaking out. Like, oh my God, like what happened? I was like, just got bit by a pit bull. First time getting bit in a long time. And I like, try to stay as calm as possible. I have like a little bit of tears coming out and I'm going through my referral approach, literally. Hi, are you guys a yeah. mom? <laughs> literally, it's, they're like, all right, come on, come in. Like, 
she, then we go to the bathroom. She starts cleaning me up. Then she she puts the dog away. She's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And we sit down at the kitchen table. Dog's in the kennel. She's like, there's two families there, right? Two families. And she's bandaging me up while I'm going through my, my sales talk, right? So I start going through my sales talk. You can tell there was a lot of tension in this room because yeah. I just got bit by their dog. They probably thought I was going to sue them. Like, yeah. It's an uncomfortable situation across the board. Very. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so I'm going through this. One of the dads is just in the other room, not even a part of the entire thing. I try to get him involved. He just stay over there. And finally, I get to the trial, a trial closing question where I was like, I was like, yeah, isn't that cool or whatever? And they're like, so if we buy a set, are you not going to sue us? <laughs> and at that moment, that was like the whole Rory Vaden thing, right? He wrote his first book, No Laughs to No Laughs. One way to to humor is like breaking tension. The second they did that, there was a like the we busted up in laugh laughter. That kind of released the tension in the room, right? And then from there, then long story short, in that case, both families end up buying. Let's go. One Bill family Zizzy. bought a yeah, one family <laughs> bought a core four and websites. One bought a core four, explore and learns and websites. So, so I was like, like 70 units total. Ish. So I was like, fuck yeah, let's go. So maybe I was still like maybe I was 180 units away when I first started the day or something like that. So maybe by this point. When I got to that, those customers, I was like 160 units. So maybe I was like 90 units away, maybe. Yeah. And so they both buy, boom. It's like dark already, right? Like it's past 9 p.m. I stopped at their house at like 8.30 probably. So it's like getting close to 9.30 p.m. by the time I get to my next house. And by this time, I just started having this feeling even more where I was like starting to celebrate as if I – Again, creating those emotions as if I've already achieved that result. I just knew. I was on that mo mode where I just knew. And so right before I went to the house, I knocked on another door. It was a mom. She's like, hey, we're eating dinner right now. Is there any way you can come back like after dinner around like 9? I was like, sure. I stopped by like a little bit later, 9, 30, 9, I <clears throat> talked to them. Long story short, their kid had like uh, – not Asperger's, but it was like some, like he's kind of on the spectrum for something. Um, and they end up buying a platy. So boom, like 65, 70 units. And at this point I was like, fuck, like we're doing we're this. getting close, bro. <laughs> and so by this point, I'm still, I, I figured out on the way to my next family that I was like 12 units away, literally. Tw and that family who bought the platy, they almost didn't buy and I went into like a third or fourth close. And my last close was essentially like, hey, like, honestly, I don't want you guys to get anything if you guys didn't think it'd be helpful. But honestly, Andres, I just know that because of the things that you guys have mentioned, like this, it, you like this is essentially like you guys would not regret having something like this in the home. And it was just me having a buying atmosphere and me being very real. And that was like the third or fourth close. And then they bought boom so at this point it's like almost 10 it's i think it's like 10 15 p.m for row 
10, 15. I think it's July 1st. And get this. That the day before, I had a mom reach out to me that I talked to weeks before in my previous turf. And it was one of those moms where it's like, you knock on the door. She's like, hey, like we're actually in the process of moving. We're moving tomorrow. Do you have a card? We'll reach out back, back out to you. It's like, okay. Like I haven't heard that like a million times. You know, it's like, right. see you never. And so surprise, surprise, like two weeks later, she actually does reach out to me. I try to, I try to set up an appointment for a Friday night, the night before didn't work. So I try to set up an appointment for the next morning. And she's like, ah, we're actually going to be out of town until like later, later tomorrow night, Saturday, that day I'm talking about. And so I messaged her back. I was like, okay, no problem. I can make you guys the last family of the night. Right. Never messaging me back. And I knew they were at an apartment complex. And there was a few nights before that where it was on my way back home where I, it's a, an, a huge apartment complex of like a hundred units. So this in itself is insane. Yeah. Cause you never sell to apartment complexes. That's a thing that they teach you not to do. And so, and I didn't know which one was theirs, but there was a few nights I drove by since it was on my way home. And I was like, I don't know why, but I feel like that's the one. Cause no I knew way, she, dude. And <clears throat> so I get done with that family with the kid on the spectrum. They buy a platy 10, 15 PM. I drive 15 minutes to my previous turf from this mom who reached out, but never responded back at this apartment complex, which I didn't know which one was exactly theirs. I go pull up. I see a light on in this apartment. I go knock on the door, 10 30 PM Saturday, July 1st. And dad opens. I go through my approach. He has no idea who I am. I was like, <laughs> Good. son of a bitch. Perfect. So I explained to him, I'm like, hey, your wife reached out to me. He's like, oh, okay. Like, they're actually um, they're actually over at a like a fourth of July like fireworks show right now. Is there any way you can come back? And I was essentially like, no, like this is the last time. Like this is literally your one chance. He's like, okay, come in, come in. I'll call him real quick. Calls him, <clears throat> jumps on the phone and he hangs up. He's like, Hey, we, uh, like they're at the fireworks show right now, but you can go through it with me. I was like, son of a bitch. All right. Like, right. Usually want to avoid that. You want Just everyone the debt, to be involved. Yeah. yeah. That's not a good situation. This is like, so I, this is the Hail Mary at this point. Bro. Absolute Hail Mary. So I go through my wholesale talk. The second I drop the price, he's like, all right, give me one second. Calls wife. Fuck. First thing he tells nope. her, first thing he tells her, the it's price. $500. <laughs> <laughs> Literally the price. I was like, oh boy, here we go. This Everything about this should have said that they were not buying. So then he's like, okay. Um, he hangs up. He's like, hey. They, our three-year-old daughter is getting tired. So they're about to drive back. They'll be back in like 10, 15 minutes. Oh, shit. I was like, oh, thank the Lord. It's like 11 p.m., bro. And it's, it's yeah. And so <clears throat> we're just shooting the shit. We're just talking while he's there. You know, like we're waiting for mom. Mom gets there. Then dad just like, all right, I'm just going to go, whatever. He's just like doing his own thing, like walking up and downstairs, getting food, what, just doing his thing, you know. I go through an entire 
other sales talk with mom. And by the end, I know exactly how many units she needs to buy. She just needs to buy 12 or more units. Which is like maybe 200 bucks of of product. Something like that, yeah. And everything's telling me about the situation that they're not going to buy. And finally, after two like sales talks, she buys like a row of like ASMEs and like the MySet, which was like 21 units, puts me over <laughs> PC for my first time, walk yep, out of that house yep. at 11.40 p.m. That's wild, dude. That's yeah. damn, dude. <laughs> Yeah. Damn. That's a good. That's a good. That first time you hit PC, bro, you're like, oh. Yep. And then funny thing, Danny, the week before that, which is why you have to have strong emotional purposes that drive you in this moment. Because the week the Sunday before that, Danny threw me a contest that's like, yo, like we figured out what would motivate me. It's like, man, I really want to go to Europe. So we essentially came up with a contest that if I hit PC two times that that summer, then he was going to pay for a trip to Europe up to like $900. And long story short, that was like week five or six. I didn't hit PC again until like my, until my very last week. And so the very last week hit PC, which essentially won me the contest. And I got to go to Europe for my first time for a whole month in December like two years Damn, ago so. dude. hell yeah and that's a whole story in itself that was the craziest month of my life but that's definitely a story for a whole nother podcast <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to back well, well we get to have you back on since you're a, a partner so yeah absolutely just pick, pick a time in july and we'll do it cool. um all right now you owe me a more story and then we're out of here okay all right so this was this last summer this was also like week five or six. I, 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 it seems like I peak very much so around like week five or six. Um, I peak. <laughs> yeah, bro. Just <laughs> have a callback. Uh, that's funny. So what's funny is I had two roommates this summer. One was my brother, Bo, finished his first summer. And the other one was my buddy, Sam Dunwell. He also wrestled at the same university I wrestled at. And... He had car issues one day, and essentially, when he had these car issues, he didn't have there was no walking turf and like available in the nearby distance. And he also got very sick in the beginning of that week, so it started off by him being very sick. So he had to follow me for a day, and then he stayed home another day because he was like really, really sick. He even went to the hospital, and then he his car broke down the next day which made it so he couldn't work because he didn't have anywhere to work. And so while he was getting his car worked on, he was also following me while we're also trying to figure out new turf for him. And he was still recovering from his sickness. And so he followed me for like four out of six days or like six out of eight days in like an eight day period. And he followed me the entire week that I hit more for my first time, essentially, or he followed me like four or five out of the six days of the work week, which was like, that's cool. Damn. Yeah, that's cool. And so <clears throat> essentially it was Thursday 
of this the week that I'm talking about. And by this point, I was just dropping bombs. Like, I don't know what it was, but I was having my the biggest days of my career so far. I had a couple 300-unit days. I had a couple 400-unit days. And I was just, like, definitely on pace to hit more by Friday. I hit, like, 300-something units on Thursday. And it's going into Friday, like, same thing, you know, same mentality, just going into it. Friday... After a 300-something unit week, zero day. Nothing sold at all. All Friday. Yikes. All Friday, nothing. <laughs> Literally had a zero day after a 300-something unit day. And 300-unit day is like, what, two over $2,000 in profit? 2100 in profit, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. the day before, I had 300-something unit day. And Friday, for whatever reason, I had no customers. And this is why you need to attach yourself to who you're showing up as and the work you're putting in rather than your results. Because in that moment, if I would have attached myself to results, by far, for sure, after that Friday of zero day, Saturday, I probably would have done the same thing or had a really, really shitty day. Right. Right. And... I didn't, I even remember self-talking on the way home. Sam asked me like, yo, why do you think that happened? I was like, honestly, bro, like I have, I have no idea why I didn't have any customers. All I know is I gave my best just like I did the, the day before. And for whatever reason, I just wasn't supposed to have any customers today. You know, mm. I just know I gave my best. Obviously I wanted to have customers, you know, but Hey, like for whatever reason I didn't, and that's okay. I showed up as still the way I wanted to show up. I treated people well, I gave my best. And going to Saturday from the first family I talked to and all the way throughout the day, I had, I think that was like a 480 unit day or something like that, whatever it was. And by the end of the day, my last family of the night that I walked out of bought, we start driving home and I just knew, and I looked at my phone, I was eager I pulled up Advantage for Dealers, looked at my activity report, and I saw that I sold 1,015 units. Damn, dude. For my first time. Like, let's fucking go. And <laughs> just the fact that Sam got to be with me for like four or five of those days, got to see me have incredible highs to a zero day, literally, and just seeing me finish strong was like, I think that was even cooler that he got to see that whole process. Yeah. Um, I really do believe that helped lead to a lot of his success this last summer. So, bro, that's uh, <clears throat> that story on its own is just to get back up and just be like, hey, sometimes you have fucking zero days and mm -hmm. sometimes you have 300 unit days. Mm -hmm. But what matters is the consistency with which you show up. That's what you said. Yeah. One of my, uh, whenever I get, I would get really hard rejection and I would go to the next door. I'd always be like, look, I don't know what's going to be on the other side of that door, but I know on this side, they're going to meet a really cool college mm -hmm. kid. And That's awesome. You know, and I love that. That would always help not be scared of knocking because it's like, I don't mm -hmm. care what the fuck is over there. Maybe they're really nice. Maybe they're like the coolest people ever, but maybe they're mm -hmm. the worst people ever. But on this side, it's consistent. So gold. Damn, Seth Hood. So we've gone three hours and 49 minutes and that's, that is an official Ponytails podcast record. How does it, How do you feel? 
People have stuck <laughs> with us this whole time. If you're still watching, oh my god! Thank really? You. So yeah, yeah, yeah. There's still we still right now have uh, people still watching live. Hell yeah! So uh, That's awesome. so if you want to reach out to Seth, what we're gonna do is we're gonna have if you whether you want to get involved with Elevate Wellness, you want to pick his brain on like some of the things that he's working entrepreneurially. Um, or something in between, we're going to put his contact and his uh, social media handles on the description of the episode below so that way you guys can reach out to him and, and get in, in touch with him. Um, go ahead, Seth. The last thing, like I, was, I mentioned this earlier, like fucking two hours ago, but <laughs> so many so many people reach out to me and ask for help when it comes to fitness. And most people either don't know where to start or they've just been stuck at a spot for a while. And one of the most fundamental aspects of hitting your fitness goals is the amount of calories you're consuming per day, right? And a lot of people don't really know how to calculate how many calories they should consume. So I've put together a guide that like I was talking to Andres about earlier, literally took me like two to three weeks to get this whole process to where it's at now. And so I put a lot of work into this, but it's literally three steps to calculate your caloric intake. And this is based on your body type, how active you are, your age, height, weight, activity level, body fat percentage, right? So it takes where you are right now and you can determine like based on your goals, how many calories you should be consuming literally for the rest of your life. And you can literally figure out how to do this process in less than 15 minutes. Process that took me a long, 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 long time to figure out myself and then package up for you guys. So if you guys go to elevatewellness.biz, that's B-I-Z, then you guys will get the, the quick guide, the three steps to calculate your caloric intake. Um, you just got to fill out your email and then I'll send you an email of the download right there. So elevatewellness.biz, that's B-I-Z. So yes, sir. Like this? That's it. Cool. It's on the screen. And we'll again, we will put that on the description below as well as all the social media handles uh, that you can follow Seth at. Um, man, dude, this has been a good one. I knew this was going to be a long one and I'm glad that people stick along, uh, around for the ride. Um, this is going to be one that people are going to eat up in chunks like an elephant, but that's okay because it's all about the mm -hmm. consistency, dude. And I'm glad True. that we were able to do this. Um, I, I'm, I'm happy to be partnered with you. Honestly, it's uh, it's a it's a cool partnership to have and it's a good aspect and important aspect of life um i hope you enjoyed our, our partnership as a podcast too but more than anything i've enjoyed your friendship brother we have so many good stories uh from being roommates uh from uh driving uh, road trips and stuff like that that we've done and then completed and uh the farkle story we didn't even get to that yeah <laughs> oh, or the man, or the cool. danny and danny asia wedding drowning oh story. my god <laughs> yeah dude there's so many good ones so many good yeah. ones but um on that note we'll get out of here this has been episode number 98 uh, we're working up to our 100th episode uh please be sure to tune in subscribe like share uh, uh we enjoy what we're doing here uh support us if you wish uh, we're on patreon and of course our website's going to be launching so you can support us and buy merch that way get you some ponytails podcast gear uh we're looking forward to uh that as well so on that note my name is andres gamboa seth hood has been with me uh he's the man the myth the legend and we'll see you guys on the next one peace out everybody bye